Star shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore tree. Dream a little dream of me. Say nighty night and kiss me. Just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me. While I'm alone and blue as can be. Dream a little dream of me. Stars fading, but I linger on, dear. Still craving your kiss. I'm longing to linger till dawn, dear. Just saying this. Sweet dreams till sunbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave our worries far behind you. But in your dreams, wherever they be, dream a little dream of me. <laughs> Then. And it's your boy Roshan Gomez. You're listening to another episode of the Ruma Roy podcast. Two special guests today. Here we go. Here we go. No black eyed pe- What did you say, Pippet? I said Nanya. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like indistinguishable. I think we need to address this Pippet scandal. Pippet. Pippet. No, you've explained it already before. I don't think I have. So here's the thing. The intro composed by Jeremy Kong. You know, very talented guy. JK. It's a good song. JK, JK. JK. Joking, joking. Jeremy like Kong, Jeremy JK. Kong, yeah. mm. uh, we need to add like a, something like JK Productions. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeremy Kong be rolling. Then. <laughs> JK rolling. Be rolling. <laughs> the hater. Oh, that's like a, and then like a meme. Then, I, then we put like a, a, like a, a, like a meme tag at the bottom. JK Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just Jeremy with the, dum, dum, the, tongue, <laughs> the black shades. Dum, 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 oh, tongue life. Dum, this is such dum. an inside. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so it's a good intro and he gave me two versions and the second version has, because at the time I was really into Naruto. Mm. And so my favorite character is Rock Lee mm. and Mike Guy. Mm. And so Rock Lee calls my guy sensei and so he cut that actual i mean don't tell naruto but but there's a clip that that's actually him saying sensei naruto probably doesn't know they think it's pepet yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 sen- the the people who track these kind of things in the naruto company are like is that sense nah, nah it's just pepet pepe. pepe. <laughs> people keep saying why does your intro have pepet i'm like what the hell is pepet <laughs> what the heck why would that be there i mean i think it should just be appreciative that you have loyal fans enough who are willing to dispute and argue yeah what the word is in your intro yeah for me this i feel like this is i listen to jr talking yeah. interviews yeah and for me this is my 
contribution to future gen- generations. <laughs> All those of you who study the Roshan Gomez podcast, <laughs> the Roshan Gomez uh, has, uh, legacy has explained it. Uh, take note here. This <laughs> primary <laughs> source <anecdote>. information. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually re- listening to an interview yesterday of a lady yeah. who okay, I'm going to interview. I'm going to in- introduce you shortly, but. No, okay, it's not important. I was listening to uh, an interview yesterday of an academician who studies Tolkien. Mm. And so what she did was she just released a book and she went across America going to like different, different part universities. Wait, and what's looking. her name? I really, I I need my phone. I don't know what my phone is. Actually, Sounds go, familiar actually. I Actually, it was on Word on Fire, Bishop Barron's uh, podcast. So Brandon Watt, that how you, Brandon Brandon yeah Robert Brandon's assistant yeah, oh. yeah so he interviews her because mm. it's part of the series but anyway okay. so she goes across America uh, looking for like primary sources or secondary sources uh, concerning Tolkien and so it's yeah. like but it's really really cool la. yeah and then she talks about how she will like read some like letters she finds actual letters of Tolkien uh, written on his birthday and he's writing to oh, different wow. people and, and things like that la. so it's pretty cool la, pretty cool how did she find those letters huh People store, man. People store a lot of really? weird things. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. go to the UK, you can... Like, I think the, the British Museum has has preserved Karl Marx's table mm. where he, you know, wrote yeah, yeah, his, his yeah, famous yeah. book. So you can find... There's actually a lot of... I think European countries <laughs> generally are more like, you know, we should keep this. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with Asian countries, we're like Marie Kondo everything, <laughs> including our history. Hello. If you don't feel any... The constitution, do I feel anything? Nope. <laughs> Chuck it. <laughs> it's true. You see a very, very stark contrast between houses here mm. versus houses in the US. Like people in the US, like they have just so much stuff mm. because they have the garage as their storage, yeah. you know? So like you, you see all these different things that they inherited, but they don't ever use. Yeah. So for us, it's like, oh, we can sell that you know we can we can give that away it's not economical <laughs> very so, different now. so today in the are you opening the book yeah. find it it's not that you know a lot has been written about Tolkien yeah there are a lot of people it's who study yes. Tolkien and Lord of the Rings there's even a but she yeah. you know she's an expert not in Tolkien she's an expert in the Inklings yeah, I read the that's Inklings a, that's the thing that's why I'm like I read a book like about familiar. the Inklings yeah. is it Dorothy I can't remember Dorothy something my general um, mode of being is I remember a lot of things but I don't remember the particulars of those <laughs> things so I always be like what's that guy's name again the guy who did that like <laughs> random thing who can't remember his name uh, so Brenda do you want to introduce yourself sure hi my name is Brenda um, I am Sarawakian Woo. probably the first Sarawakian on the show I'm pretty Woo. sure you're the first yep so I'm Sarawakian I am turning 24 this year I am pursuing my master's in biology at Northern Illinois University. Illinois. Illinois University. It's one hour out of Chicago Mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my favorite Sufjan Stevens album, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just a little bit about me. You didn't? What's your connection to... Mm. The Ruma Roy? To Ruma Roy. Mm. Ruma Roy. Mm. Oh, that's a bit fuzzy. I think Christian should define that. Why is it fuzzy? <laughs> oh, so this is going to be like a therapy. Like, like, it's going to be like couples counselling. We obviously are on a budget. We couldn't afford proper counselling. So like, let's uh, be on a podcast and get free advice. Oh, we're doing, we're doing a Dr. Phil? Yeah, I guess Something so. Something like that. Yeah. And then I'll be 
the except I didn't know we had problems until she better no, say we were okay, fuzzy. No, there's no problem. No problem. <laughs> no, I'm like, <laughs> hey, let me clarify. Let me clarify. The reason why I say fuzzy is because okay, I, I, there's a whole story lah. But what's the no, story? No, tell the story. 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 No, I'm in context. Okay, so okay. I am Christian's girlfriend. Christian is a regular. I'm the brother of the. He yeah. is the brother of the Roshan the of the Rumai. In of Rumai, Rumai, Rumai. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I say fuzzy because, like, in my culture, when we're you oh, know when you are boyfriend okay, girlfriend okay. with yeah. someone, right. they still call you just friends. Friend. Oh. They don't like yeah. they in that culture lah. Like they don't say, "Oh, this is Brenda's boyfriend." They just say, "Oh, this is Brenda's friend." Right. Kind of like ours actually. Yeah. When you think about it, except of recent years. I think people have become. I don't know when I was younger. So like when everyone had a yeah, it would be like oh this is and then we like a, let's say the name is Shalni, right? Yeah. So it'd be like a special video. This is Shalni. <laughs> <laughs> special emphasis. <laughs> 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 Whereas if it's just a friend, it's like that's my friend. <laughs> he won't even bother saying the name. <laughs> no, yeah. So so that's why I say it's not because we have relation relationship problems. Mm. No problems in our relationship, but it's just fuzzy because of that. That's what I meant. Mm. That's what I meant. Okay. It's true. Interesting. Good save. Good save. It is good a save. good save. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself, Christian Gomez? <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> the funny part is like, <laughs> this episode was meant to be like a... <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be... Oh, so, you said, yeah. you yeah. said, Christian, uh, since you and Brenda are in the house, why not we just like record something? <laughs> and just, we'll just keep it on the backlogs. If... I don't have any episodes one day. I can just air this one. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good yeah, idea. Yeah. I don't quite mind. Idea, we actually. don't really have to plan anything. Just yeah. record something. Seems chill. A day later, he says, oh, my my schedule speaker has... Say it, Aisa, how dare you? Yeah, Aisa has <laughs> Everyone's like, Aisa's so nice. No, she's not. <laughs> she disgusts me. Aisa, I know you listen to this podcast. This is how you're going to get cancelled even by Aisa. Who is nice to you. Yeah. Aisa is the only like woke person that defends me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aisa, yeah. don't leave me, Aisa. I'm alone She's going to be like, we have no association with the Roma Roy podcast. She posts them on Instagram. The Seek Make to Speak look- podcast. <laughs> Cut ties with the Roma Roy podcast. <laughs> we do not have any affiliation. Let me see episode like 17 on Seek to Speak where <laughs> Roshan is gone. Removed. Removed. Oh no! <laughs> we need to remove all sexes. <laughs> people who contribute to the male white patriarchy. <laughs> I love Aisa. Aisa, don't, don't kill me. Aisa. You know, Aisa is actually doing really well. I know, she had uh, Said Zadig on. She just got Nicole David. Wait, really? Oh. I'm like, what the heck? La? So I retaliated by getting Brenda and Christian yeah. uh, Honestly, I don't know. I think, you, you, I think you struck lottery here. Shots fired. Okay. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. Yeah. Two different you different opinions about that. You struck gold. <laughs> It's going to be big. I brought Said Sadiq and Nicole David, Nicole David in one. Together. <laughs> you don't know it here yet, listeners, but this is going to blow up <laughs> in about 60 years. Yeah, man. It's funny, oh right? Gosh. Sometimes I don't know. Like, you know how ooh, there's so many things we did when we were younger and we're so kind of glad that we don't, it's not on record. Like you did so many things. I know. And like, then, but now yesterday we were going through childhood photos and I was like, thank right, God video yeah. cameras weren't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I wouldn't want to hear our voices. <laughs> the Barbie girl. Uh, <laughs> Papa! <laughs> <laughs> like, all the photos are of us sitting around a cake <laughs> looking really happy. <laughs> oh, cake! <laughs> <laughs> what flavor? <laughs> 
Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, but it's so crazy. You know, like everyone, everything is recorded. I'm like, you kids, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, even I feel it to a certain extent because I'm still at a young age where I'm doing stupid things, so it is being recorded. <laughs> like Sharon has so many uh, dangerous footage. Of yeah, <laughs> really bad videos of me. That like I'm scared. Like if I ever want to be elevated to the court of appeal as a judge, <laughs> these videos come out. I'm dead. I always think about the fact like I kind of know I want to be an academic. And that entails having students mm. being kind of in the public eye. Actually, yeah. when you lecture, yeah. you are in the public eye. When you author papers, people Google the authors just for find, right. this, find out what they do. Yeah. Um, I do think about the fact that people are going to find this stuff. But you generally been careful. Uh. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't think... I've, I've posted a lot of stupid same, shit. Same. I, yeah, we were Googling me that time. <laughs> and he was like, why is this photo of you up here? It was just a f- selfie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. like, it looks weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's one of those teenage selfies. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. So. I think like for the team, the Roman Roy podcast team, so we were, for, for, there was one day we were Googling ourselves for some reason. Lah. And then like the other two of them were like, like pretty discreet lah, but Roshan Gomez one damn. Son. I know we have all really Googleable names. <laughs> Everything is. You there. have a Googleable name. Brenda has a Googleable yeah. name. Mm. I have a Googleable name. Google Googleable. Googleable. <laughs> like you can just go share and like no one will find you. Hey, so you fly. Bad, on, right? No, it's a good thing. Hey. You fly under the radar, man. <laughs> I don't want to be found so quickly. <laughs> At least like you have to put some effort to find me lah. This yeah. like first hit. Christian <laughs> <Yeah>. Gomez. <laughs> Call FBI. We need to de- detect Christian Gomez. Oh. One search. <laughs> one search. That's There's only need. one person in the world named Christian <laughs> Gomez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I wonder about all those these kids who are like doing TikTok stuff yeah. and all that. I wonder, yeah. you know, it's like, mm, yeah. would you look back, you know, like like the 70s trend all the bell-bottom pants yes. and the froze, and then you look back, everyone laughs like it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. And But at the time, it was the epitome yeah. of cool. Yeah. And like so many things, what is the things that we're doing now that's cool? That's right. That we're going to look back and like, oh God, why? Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay like, if everyone was doing it. Like, at least mm. you can just point to it being a cultural time in period mm. that you just were following. Mm. That's right. But if you're doing something really weird, like strange, outlier-ish kind of things, mm. or or seeing things that become really wrong mm. <laughs> 10 years from now. Mm. I mean, that's what that's what's happening now. Mm. You know, like all these jokes that are resurfacing and people from are saying, past. oh my gosh, that's so racist, that's Kevin so sexist. Hart, yeah. Kevin Hart's issue. Dave Chappelle. There was a lady in, uh, I think, Woke, Woke uh, Teen Woke, mm. the editor, she also just got fired because oh, wow. of something like that. But she said some stuff that was racist towards Asians, I think. She's oh. African-American. Yeah. I think she's something Asians and then I she see. got fired. But again, mm. la, something you said in the past. Yeah, and like in previously that would have been considered very funny. And now a lot of these things are resurfacing. Yeah, like blackface in like 15, 20 years ago. Oh was, yeah, uh, my know, gosh, that's bad. Really yeah. yeah, at the time it was okay. Correct. You know, Then you look back and uh, it didn't age well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But sometimes it's this cancel culture thing is tricky. You want, I guess you want society to, to develop, right? To move forward and progress. But you need to give space for those who made mistakes in the past and right. not it's retrospectively like the, judge them. It's like the roads now. The roads now is a big problem in Oxford. Yeah, they want because the road statue the road to come down. The road is such a mm. prestigious scholarship. Yeah, It's so, the most prestigious yeah, yeah, scholarship probably 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 in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because of who's gotten it. Yeah. Kennedy was a road scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Clinton was a road scholar. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, lots of big guys was, were road scholars. Right. Even in Malaysia, some of our biggest politicians were road scholars. Um, and it's very hard to get into. Very right. very competitive. Yeah. But Rhodes was a really big slave owner. Yep. Probably a big racist as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're finding out. Yeah. And he funded a big portion of Oxford. 
Yeah. Even up, up to now. Up to now, yeah. The Roach Foundation funds a lot. Yep. A lot mm. of the students. It's I and again I I really understand the sentiment. I don't want people to get me wrong. Like, I get it. You know, you if I was an African American walking down the street and mm-hmm. I see something that uh, embodies Harkens. embodies all these traumatic uh, um, moments in time, mm. even I too would have like a sort of visceral feeling towards that. But yeah. but at the same time, we have to take take cognizance or realize that if we want to remove all imperfect people, if we only want bastions of perfection to to be our icons then you're going to be it's going to be really tough lah you know mm-hmm. uh you're going to have to cancel like that's why they want to cancel George Washington yeah you know that oh, wow. it's it's crazy yeah yeah George Washington they don't want to celebrate him anymore lah yeah yeah and you're also going to cancel a lot of people that might have been good for the cause you you might be you you might cancel Nietzsche or you might cancel uh Paul uh um you might cancel Simone de Beauvoir who's like Godmother of feminism mm. because she did a lot of shady things as well mm. with uh with Sad, you mm. know Sad and her were collaborators, both geniuses, right? And mm. Sad was like godfather of existential philosophy mm. or existentialism, however you want to say it. Mm. And she was of course a big pioneer of feminism. Mm. But they both used to seduce their students, and yeah. they would do all these orgies and things mm. like that. Wow! Okay. Right? So are we also going to cancel their legacy? Mm. I mean, right. that's the thing, right? right? Mm. It becomes. I think we need to be able to look at. The past and recognize it for what it was. I was gonna say, yeah. Without having to erase it, I la. think there are ways you can you can go. But I I can understand the sentiment of mm. removing the statue, lah. Because to me, you know, you can come up with a write up and put that in a museum, and still not have the statue there to to acknowledge that this person. I don't know. It, you acknowledge the person existed, but then you just acknowledge it and then move on. So I personally think that if they want to you know, put down the statue, I don't see that as an issue. But then also you go into the ethics of like, what did he want his legacy to be? And he gave a lot of money, mm. you know, to the to the school. Did he want his statue to be there? Mm. You know, and now you're just... And like, how do you, how wish, do you, you know? like evaluate someone's legacy, right? Yeah. Like someone could be, because people are so complicated. Someone right. could be horribly racist, but they could have done a lot of great things. Like Thomas Jefferson. He's the most kind of conflicting individual. Historians can't pin him down because yeah. he wrote the constitution and the constitution became the grounds for so much of liberal ideas about race and gender. Right. Yeah. Because all men are created equal. That and he line, was he was anti-slavery. He was, but, but he owned many, many, <laughs> many slaves. slaves mm. for sure. So conflicting individual. Like his descendants, African, his descendants, half of them are African. Yeah. His descendants. Because he, yeah. he, he was... He, what? He, his yeah. wife was the official... He, his, many of his wives died, actually. So at the same... Many of his wives? I think two of his wives, official wives died. Wow. So he the was... wives. <laughs> and his first wife had a stepsister who was a black lady. His first wife... Had a stepsister who was a black lady. Had a stepsister who was a black... Okay, okay. Okay. Who followed the wife together and he actually started sleeping with the stepsister. So he has descendants that who are, are black. also... So even oh, while he was alive, wow. he had black children. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the families have problems because like the... One is a legitimate family. Yeah. One is illegitimate. And so it affects... It wow. does affect because like when it comes to family reunions, the no. black family is not invited. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> yeah. And also I think uh, burial. Yeah. So like the Thomas Jem- Jefferson family, Line. the white lineage, they of course get to be buried in the family. family in Monte or something. Yeah. But whereas the, the African ones, side, yeah. you know, they're not recognized. So, But on CNN now, That's whenever they, like one, one of his grand, 
great grandchildren the black guy is a big spokesperson now yeah and they keep inviting him i mean cnn lah mm. so they keep inviting him to, to weigh in on issues around the constitution and politics and stuff mm. and i think they like the fact that he's a black descendant of course that's why they call him in lah yeah yeah I I I have been thinking a lot about American culture. I, legit, like this past week, I've been thinking a lot about like how I feel like Malaysians and Asians should stop subscribing too much to American politics. And I was thinking about why that happens. I think American culture is the zeitgeist right now. Like it's our um, big brother lah that we all. Sort Would of you say it's Brit- like the standard that it's people British, kind of it's the British Empire of the past lah. Uh, like we used yeah. to point towards the British Empire as like the goal and now yeah. they they point to they American culture stand, yeah, they set the standard for professionalism mm, for yeah. work ethic for economy so we all feel a stake in that because they're the zeitgeist like compared to China and Russia even though they are so powerful mm-hmm. but they're not the cultural zeitgeist no they're, right? they're not yeah. America is so we all actually weirdly enough feel that we have a stake in America yeah, yeah. we feel like That's if true. America were to um, fall we all would be affected yeah. Amer- Amer- America would set policies it would affect all of us <laughs> For some reason, lah. But I feel like America is just not a good. Uh, it's too, and because of the way the media in America works, it's the decisiveness also seeps into our into our uh, conversations, mm. and so then we like sort of adopt American prejudices, mm. like the the African American conversation is so different from. Our the Indian, the Indian, Malay, Chinese. Chinese. There is a conversation to be had. The boomy. But if you take the African American conversation, adopt it. It's weird, you know. It's not the mm-hmm. same. Yeah. It's really, really not the same. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite, actually. Yeah. It's very, very funny. What do you mean by it's quite the opposite? Like, actually, you can make a case. So now, so first, like in American history, generally, there was a push for uh, for equality, right? Right. Everybody must be given the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's what. You know, that's the famous Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. speech, right? We are right. all, I want you to be judged by the character of your content. Yeah. Right? But then as that progressed, now you, I don't know, some people say it's an auto, it's an overcorrection or some people say that it's a natural progression. Mm. You want everyone to be the same, right? Okay. So you want everybody to have a spot at the table and so you enforce that. So now you have to, you have to go back on what Martin Luther said because you now you have to look at the skin color. Yeah, you can't mm. just you have to look at gender. Right, you have to right, see right. these things because you need to correct it. Yeah. And that's when things like quotas come in. Yeah. Right? Malaysia already has we that. We talked about yeah, we had. That's it's so true. funny. That's true. And I you can play it this way, you know. The the Malay argument was they were a colonial system. They were a colonial system uh that were that was forced onto them. Mm. The Malay people were put into a system where they were groomed to be not productive in this system. Hmm. Chinese and Indians came they came ready to fight because right. they are migrants same like Asian Americans that go to, they America. go to America they are yeah. ready to deal with this system Malays were not hmm. so because of that you put in affirmative policies to assist the indige- indigenous population the Malays so it's a liberal idea hmm. it's so funny it's so weird so that's why I feel like when hmm. you talk about these yeah. things it's like you need to think about it in its own terms and not like hijack American politics. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Both of you have been to America. What do you think? I think people often don't make that comparison. Lah. Um, what do you mean by, like, what do I think of, like, the racial mm. climate there, is it? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's, that's hard to, it's hard to say. Lah. Like, I feel, 
I don't think I've ever been... Uh, okay, maybe I can help you. Let, yeah. This is my question. Do you feel that the racial tensions in America is uh, similar to the racial tensions in yeah. Malaysia? I mean, maybe it's a bit more tougher for you, Brenda, because you're in the Borneo. You've not, you didn't really grow up yeah, in... Yeah, it's Sunan different lah, because like out from... I mean, my hometown, we don't... I, I, like I said, like I don't really face those kind of racial profiling. issues or racial profiling. Lah. But I do see a parallel, actually, between what... um the um like black people or african americans experience in the us um parallels between their life and the life of indigenous people mm. and like like you said you know with the whole affirmative action thing and mm. and they're sort of trying to bring in more black people into like the academic circle is the same as for us mm. malays and you know dayaks and all the other indigenous people orang asli in malaysia i see that same parallel say oh, and and it's that's one. The other parallel I see is also um, the stereotype of mm. African Americans being like they. A lot of people say you know they 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 benefit on what is it stamps? Uh? Yeah, welfare. yeah, welfare. welfare. Mm. The same thing is said about Indigenous people here as well, Malays and Dayaks. And the and, and the same arguments against those things are here as well. Correct. Mm. So the black and white population who are against affirmative action say that if you keep giving them welfare and benefits, you're keeping them suppressed, keeping them dependent. Yeah. You know, they never the same, really yeah. become free. But And that's the same thing people say here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole teach a man to fish. And all yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So there are, yeah, I guess because... There the, are some parallels I see. La. Yeah, the approach to it, the, um, the strategy employed to deal with the issue of inequality is mm. similar. Mm. So you see the same effects, you see the same repercussions... And you see the same kind of... And it comes from the same symptoms. Mm. But the root cause, of course, is so different. Yeah. Yeah. One is and also with America, when it comes to the African-American mm. population, a big thing is generational wealth. Yeah, mm. They I were agree. there for hundreds of years and mm. they didn't get to... It's not only the sort of slave mentality that was in- inculcated, but it's also the 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 economic realities of yeah. the thing, which is different from here. So, yes, yes. It's funny, you know, like growing up, I knew about Borneo, but like in a really distant way. Mm. I never really felt like Malaysia, you mm. know, it almost felt like a different country. Yeah, people would come and say, "Oh, uh, we're from Malaysia." <laughs> <laughs> and people from Peninsula would come and be like, "Oh, we're from Malaysia." <laughs> that really takes people off. Yeah. Really well, I mean, I can off. understand why they say that though, because they come in with a passport. Yeah. Uh, right. They have to have their passport to go into Sabah Sarawak. Yeah. So, like, I can see if you don't learn a lot about it in your education, yeah, and you come in and you have to bring your passport to a different part of the country, you yeah. actually automatically think that this is... Somewhere else. This is somewhere else. This is a different country. Yeah. You know, this is not part of Malaysia. I think so it, I can see it lah. I think it ticks people off because indigenous of Sabah and Sarawak now realize how much f- flow of wealth yes, is moving correct. across to the peninsula side. It's mm. not just now. I think this is, this is something that... Have been a, they've yeah, been aware of for a very a long, long time, time la, yeah. from the moment that's right joined, yeah. joined so Malaysia. that becomes a bit annoying yes mm, in that you're participating in our economy yep. you're, you're profiting from our yeah, economy yeah correct but you still don't understand us as a people mm. that's what a lot of people feel la, in, in Sarawak that's true yeah. a lot of the older generation that's what my dad talks about that's what yeah. you know all my uncles there is a lot of tension. Well. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of and tension. And now there's a rise to... So like Split. if... Sumanjung, there's a lot of racial tensions. I think with Sabah and Sarawak, there's um, a desire to... There's a tension with Borneo. Right. Right? And there's a feeling like maybe with it's peninsula. time... Sorry. Between, the, with, yeah. with, uh, between uh, Peninsula and Borneo. Borneo, yeah. 
but Borneo towards pen- Peninsula lah. So there is a push now yes, for sir. like uh, independent. Like the one sovereignty, thing that, right? The that one, yeah. one I'm not sure actually. I I I know they've always been talking always about been in talking every about single campaign they talk about you every know we wanna, election cycle. We are gonna be Aya Sarawak for Sarawak kind of thing, but all of us Sarawakans also know that that's I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Right. But unfortunately they they I mean they always push for it and it's the same leaders come up and they say, you know, Sarawak for Sarawak and then once they get elected it's the it's, same it's, thing, uh, you know, it's, it's quiet and then yeah. election time comes and it happens again. Shout for Shout Kins and it just never happens. It's the kind of change that Jeremy Lim always talks about. Mm. If you want to rewrite the social contract, the only way is through revolution. revolution. Mm. It's not elections. I'm not I think this is a thing big enough, like a social contract that is quite large and quite substantial that you require that kind of a mm. impetus. Right. La. It's not going to take one guy saying we need <laughs> to be free. How was it growing up in Sarawak? Do do as a Bidayu, do 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 those differences between the tribes still exist? Yeah, so maybe I can start with explaining what Bidayu people sure like who Bidayu people are. So we are part of a group that the British categorizes as Dayak. Mm. So the Dayak people are mainly categorized into two groups. So one based on their geography lah. So like for. Iban people, so it's Iban and Bidayu people. I am Bidayu. So Bidayu people are considered land diet because we didn't we don't live near bodies of water. Mm. And then the Iban people are are um sea diet because they live near bodies of water. So what was your question? What was it like being Bidayu? Do the um, what was it like being Bidayu? What was it like growing my up? No, do, the, do the tribe differences between the tribes still exist? Like, yes. How does it feel growing correct, up in Sarawak? Correct. Mm-hmm. The differences between the tribes do exist because of language, lah. All right. Yeah. And like um, even within Bidayu, the Bidayu group and Bidayu people, we have all these different, what's the word for it? Dialects. Right. Dialects also. Because so you're even, very village to village kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And like, so even between Bidayu, I'm from Sarian, and Bidayu Bau, like we sound like two very different Languages. Two very different languages. You so even it, the even categorization, from a yeah. You hear it. Even the categorization is kind of, it's, it's, Fuzzy. Maybe not as accurate lah, you right. know, because we even sound like it's completely like completely two different so groups. So are there any prejudices uh between the different villages? Prejudices. Or the different, like can you not like like you know, like for us Malalis couldn't uh marry Silonis. I mean at least our grandparents' time lah. Uh so if you are from a different part of India, your families don't don't mix. I don't think it's very distinct lah. Like it's mm. not something that we emphasize. Um, it's something that we make fun of. Right. So if like someone new comes to the family, like for example, like Christian is pro- is is gonna enter my family. Yeah. And he's Indian. Yeah. So it's like because it's so foreign, they'll yeah. just like it's just something that people it's just tease a about. conversation lah. Like yeah, it's just something people tease you about. But there's no sort of formal like you cannot marry. Maybe maybe towards more different races like Indian people, there was a lot of. Uh, hesitation lah, right. because of the experiences that we had with Indian people. Sure. So, like, so maybe it, it, people, you wanna explain the experiences. So <laughs> <laughs> let, lot, let us Indian people of, explain. A lot of <laughs> so experiences that a lot so a lot of diet women. Uh, <laughs> no, I like have had experiences okay. with Indian if men you go to lah. Villages, you will suddenly see a random Indian Black boy. Yes, <laughs> it's very rare. A rare sighting. Yeah. Suddenly, a random it's, Indian boy will walk around. It's rare. It's common enough that you would see one. You'll see a Indian boy in a village. It's very rare. There are Indian households, right? 
but in it's your like village. the Indian ho- we like we like know every single Indian house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're there, they're there. You know them. Yeah, and yeah. you know why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it depends on. I think among us Sarawakians and among us local Indigenous people, there is not as much. Um, is it apprehension? Is that is that the word? Tension, tension, suspicion. I mean, you all, you all, all feel as one people, uh. Correct. Even though the, lang- the dialects yeah. change, whatever you all yeah. recognize each other as it's one. It's more of like when a when a someone from peninsula comes in and yeah. marries, or someone who's Chinese. Good yeah. luck, man. Mary. <laughs> no, her family is uh, pretty nice. No, they're yeah, they're, they're all nice, nice people. Yeah. Hmm. I think Just ultimately it's about you know everyone wants someone of good character, and that's yeah. the most important thing. Unfortunately, race tends to be the easiest way to. Yeah. Identify character. It's a stereotype. Like, you, yeah. you, you it's the first layer. It's the first layer. Yeah, so sure. it, all it means is that if you belong to a racial group that has been, that has a track record of being uh, irresponsible yeah. or malicious, you just have to work extra hard to show that. They will straight away look out for the, the yeah, warning signs. The, exactly. The, the stereotypes are. So yeah. if you're Indian and you go there, then they'll straight away look, are you, like drink, if you, are see, you drinking a lot? Yeah, they'll be super exactly. sensitive yeah. to the stereotypes. If they see like, eh, why is he getting drunk so fast? Or why is he like? Or why is he drinking too little? Ah, you know, yeah, yeah, either yeah. one la, they, they, That's their yardstick of comparison yeah, 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 yeah. The Chinese people, I guess, they will see like how much of, you know, the shop, how much of money they're giving. How much money? You know, it's like true. That. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. St- they still, my uncles and aunties still talk about those and, things. And and it's yeah. funny if the like let's say Chinese person gives too much of money, then they'll be like. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, you know Chinese, Chinese people. Chinese you give too little, it's very funny. Uh, no, you know, normally Chinese mm. people. <laughs> Either way, so the yardstick is there. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think ultimately it's about character and people, mm. people can see past race. It's yeah. not that people cannot see past sure. race. It's just that you have to be, you have to accept the fact that the initial impressions are going to be largely defined by your race mm. and then just work hard enough to have conversations, talk, get beyond that and make sure that people get to know you for who you are. Right. And I think right. because of like technology now, yeah. you know, we are very much more globalist yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, it's the world without borders. Yeah, there's a tendency to now, now immediately look beyond race. But I think we, as a species, human species, we compartmentalize. We will, yeah, we cannot see everyone as a blank slate. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know how. It's not in our gene code. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> as much as we want to say that there's progression uh, in that sense like I think coming back home every time I come back from the states because the states is all about like you know looking beyond colour but yeah. okay no states is like looking beyond colour but also seeing colour mm. it's like a weird kind of yeah, you can't say to a black guy like you know when the I, whole, I don't see you don't for see your colour, colour yeah. you can't say that either because that's also that's also yeah. racist, racist of course yeah. I, I mean that's the progression of thought la. Yeah. yeah when yeah. I was in early college, that wasn't honestly that wasn't the Zeit guys. Yeah. Now because I, I was always I've always been attu- in tune to things like this. Yeah. So even when I was in early college, I was re- always reading about things like this. So I can tell you, like if talk about things about like race or even like things like pornography or mm-hmm. or sex, I can tell you the pulse has changed a lot yeah. in the past 10 years. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like as much as you want to say like there is progression. I did come home feeling a little bit like, oh wow, people still mm. look at race and it's a very important part of how we define, we, we categorize people we and, you know, and we interact and there's still, I was surprised because like even people who were my peers mm. talk about race. I, I would think like older generation, like my parents' age, they would still talk about race. Mm. But then I had conversations with peers who talked about, you know, like Chinese people are stingy. That's what they would say. You know, mm. like it, they're very adamant about that or like, mm. Indian people, okay, it's bad lah. 
Yeah, we, we know all the stereotypes. Yeah. It's not a secret. For Indian people, like... We, we will not get insulted. <laughs> yeah. one, sure? one thing, really, 100%, I'm very, very sure we will not get insulted. It's our philosophy in life, we don't navigate things like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we, we hear stereotypes, we've grown up with stereotypes, but we work to prove the stereotypes wrong. Yeah. But we don't get insulted or upset that people have stereotypes. Mm-hmm. That's the way they navigate their life, you know. Mm. If yeah. you're going to hate me because of my race, then of course I'm going to push you back. But... Yeah. but you know, having observations. Yeah, like they would say like Indian people are smelly lah, they're mm. not clean, things yeah. like that. The Actually, smell thing is called the coconut, coconut oil. oil. Coconut yeah, oil. yeah, I mean, that's mm. that's what they say lah. Actually, um, you were just saying about how like you don't get offended by that. The, who's that guy who, he's a he's a black man who made friends with the KKK. You know that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rogan. Ah, what's his name? his name? Damn. Damn. Google. What's his name? Um, yeah, look the, at the, the musician. Black. But he had a really good quote, lah, because he was talking to like the KKK leader, and he said, like, how can Darryl I be affected Davis. by Davis. yeah? How can I be affected by something that's a lie? Yeah, he's like this guy doesn't know me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because this guy kept like listing out all the stereotypes about black people. You know, black people are not intelligent, things yeah. like that. Darryl Davis is quite phenomenal, and, and he was and he was just like no, so nonchalant. He was like, well, I wasn't offended. He was like, yeah. it's a lie, you and, know. No. I believe in what Daryl Davis so is inter- talking about. It was about. very interesting yeah. like to look to it, like, you know. But it, it's easy to call someone out and shout at them and make them the villain. It's yeah. easy to shame someone. That's what you're doing, you know. You're shaming someone basically for right, their right, views. Right. Because they have undesirable views. Fair enough. But like it's difficult to see the humanity in that person and to realize that people are complicated. Yeah. And only you you opening up yourself to show that person your human side will actually create genuine change. Yeah. That's exactly, it. Yeah. Quite mind so Daryl Davis. I thought I think he's phenomenal because his his goal was not to make the guy f- f- prove the guy wrong. Yeah. Right. His goal was to prove the show the guy that he is right. Yeah. And it's a complete yeah. different approach, you know, yes, complete different mindset different. in yep. how you do it. Yeah. That's why he didn't use the shaming approach. He didn't use the you know screaming and yelling at him and telling him he's wrong. He was like, Well, can you tell me why your argument why it makes sense? Like can what, you try yeah, and justify your you, points? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think that all black people are serial killers. Yeah. Can you tell me the names yeah. of the serial killers you know who are black? Or if I tell you that all white, all, yes, that, all that serial killers, had, yeah. all serial killers are white, does that mean that you're go, you're going to be a serial killer? Yeah. And right. the white guy, be, of course not. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. because he said, well, yeah. majority of serial killers are white, so I make yeah. that categorization. And that ability you know? to change someone's mind yeah. is so hard. It's yeah. powerful. Benjamin yeah. Franklin wrote a whole book about it because it's such a tricky art mm-hmm. you yeah. know being able to convince someone that they are wrong because the key is you cannot make them feel offended for being or ashamed for yeah. feeling wrong I, uh, Friday night I went drinking with my friend one of uh, a few of my friends la. then me and my friend we were talking about LGBT stuff la. Mm-hmm. and it's funny the conversation started off I, I, I think I, maybe I was drinking a bit too much la, but I got really emotional about it yeah. because I started off by telling her that you know I grew up in a Catholic church that spoke so much about LGBT and so now in my late 20s, a lot of it is me trying to deal with those teachings and, you know, sort of manage all of these things. So I, I told her, I'm in quite a kind of difficult position. Then she sort of flippantly, like, she went really aggressive, I think. And she said, like, that's crazy, you know, like, it's crazy to have, to think those things about LGBT. You know, it's just love. Everything is love. Then I was trying to explain to her, no, it's really not that easy, you know. I said, I can, I, I, I told her, I think uh, you have the same prejudices as, as Christian people. 
like on you, the, you on the other end of the spectrum lah. No, I, I I said like okay, do you think it's I okay I I started off in bestiality, but she said, no, of course bestiality can't count. Okay, incest. No, of course you can't count incest. Then I said not incest like uh a uh, a uh, stepfather and a really young daughter. I'm like saying cousin, like cousin. two people who are yeah. Mm-hmm. So first I started off with like Singapore. There was a case. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's more. Uh, father and uh, daughter right. want, were fell in love. She, they but they only fell in love after she was eighteen. Right. So consent is not really an issue. Of course, you can talk about grooming la. Okay, separate conversation. But what about first cousins? Mm. We have we know family members. Yeah, first cousins. First cousins. I, I do too. Mm. We know first cousins who got together. They've got children. Mm-hmm. We also know first cousins who get together and they decide not to have children. Right. Because of the genetic, the the DNA issue. Right, so that when I said, so do you think in that case it's right or wrong? She said, of course it's wrong. Mm. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I was, I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah, but because she has a lot of people have these biases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, yeah. they still have the same biases that Christians have biases in inverted commas, but they have. And then she said, no, it, it, it it's more complicated than that. It's just like morally wrong and, and all that. And I'm like, that's exactly what you're sounding. That's what the church taught me. It's, a, it's, <laughs> the, it's the same argument. Yeah, la. it's the same thing the church taught me. And then I said, you can have these views, but you have to understand that a lot of the things that you feel and think, the people who are, a lot of the people who are anti-LGBT, they're not monsters. They are. They are oh, the yeah. Westboro kind, uh, yep. Christian kind of people who are just are like people, hateful. Yeah. But most of them are like, no, I got nothing against gay people. I just don't think this is right or wrong. Yeah. I think sexuality, there's a right and a wrong. Right? right? And all of us have made judgment calls on sexuality. We all believe to a certain extent some, some sexual things are right, some sexual things are wrong. Yeah. The moment you make a judgment call, mm. you step into the sphere of what of Christian thinking as well. Yeah, because you are, you're giving yourself the right yeah. to make a judgment call. Yeah. You're saying that I have the moral authority to yeah. decide that something is moral or non-moral. Yeah. Mm. But I guess the reason I talk about it is just like how uh, we have such a superficial understanding of things and mm. a lot, if you're with a deeper introspection, we realize that even though we're on the flip side, the underlying philosophies are actually the same. Mm. Whether you're Antifa yeah. or whether you're, uh, what's the, the, Pepe, all right. Yeah. The underlying philosophies is still the same. Right. It's still extremism, but yeah. it's just manifesting in two complete opposite ends. Opposite mm. ends, yeah. Yeah. There is a document. Um, I think it'd be interesting for you guys to read, but it's um I think I sent it to you. It's like the six views of um the church on LGBT. Uh, yeah, the six views of homosexuality, I think. Yeah. That the church has like in Christianity, like, Christianity in general. Whole, so like yeah. they go through all these different denominations and yeah. they list out, okay, so you go from like really conservative, yeah. like it's a complete like abomination, gay people shouldn't be allowed in church, to a very, very Liberal. progressive view yeah. that says that, you know, this could be God's creation, this could be the way God intended for relationships to also look like... Do they like, also list which denominations fall in those categories? No, this one is... Very, so, so Catholic Church falls towards like the middle, kind of middle ground where they talk about like, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. That's kind of where the Catholic Church falls into. There was another category I forgot, but but there is a wide spectrum of beliefs that people have in the church also. So it's not just like, people always think it's just yeah. one view, you know, or, mm. or always lean towards the cons- conservative side. But there's actually a whole bunch of churches that also lean towards the, you know, this is God's creation. Mm. You're made in God's image. And so we d- we don't know what God intended for creation. You know, yeah. we don't know exactly that. So, yeah. so when I was 18, eight, when cool I was document. 18, 19, this was also one of the things I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. So I remember going on like a uh, um, uh, LGBT Christian website. And so this website, it was like quite 
legit website yeah. and they had two groups in the website that there were um um homosexual people on the website who who are Christians who believe that you have to be celibate according to the teachings of right. the bible yep. and then there were some people who said no you need to take a, a liberal or progressive reading of the bible and so they believe in more like as long as you have one partner yeah and you are committed to that one partner then you're in line with christian teachings yeah. so yeah. they had these two camps and they would have discussions yeah on on the forum so that's it, super cool though like yeah, i yeah. think that those discussions should exist mm. and like the whole discussion about milo he talks about how he like his his <laughs> husband is basically like demoted to roommate now it's not yeah. husband anymore he's not gay he's yeah. he's i mean he's he's gay like he still has, he he's still has he's still homosexual but he's not practicing the lifestyle and yeah. he's he yeah. chooses to be celibate now and a lot of people are like bashing, bashing him. him for it lah i think on both sides it's like bashing him bashing him for you know removing that homosexual lifestyle mm-hmm. and then you have people who are like oh celebrating him it's yeah. like yes you know yeah. you're, yeah, you're yeah. you will finally <laughs> found the way of the church and all yeah. that so people there, there were christians and catholics all tar- i mean the traditional ones that were targeting him lah because yeah, he was already conservative kan politically <laughs> their next target i know is dave rubin lah Dave Rubin is on the... To bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he talks in like Christian conferences all, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so funny that Dave, Dave Rubin... Rubin I don't know but he's not, he's not an atheist anymore. He doesn't call himself... He used to be... Yeah. He used to publicly say he's atheist. Yeah. So Dave, he's, Dave Rubin is basically... Uh, he was a commentator on The Young Turks, which is like a very liberal okay. media, sort of YouTube media outlet that yeah. got really famous. Then he left and he opened... He started his own show. Okay. The Rubin Report. The Rubin Report on oh. YouTube. He did very well. And then he became progressively more conservative, conservative. politically oh, very, okay. very interesting because you watch he's a gay guy he's, I yeah. think we, we we've listened definitely to a, listened to him before in the car with Alex right remember yeah, yeah, we were yeah. talking about Candace Owens yeah yeah, he's, then, he, yeah that's right, Candace that's Owens right. is like his protege is oh. it? yeah yeah Candace he, he, he has Candace on the show all the time yeah, yeah and he has a strong relationship with, uh, with Bishop Baron. Bishop Baron. Yeah. Bishop oh, Baron. Really? he Dave Rubin was the first like political person I ever saw to uh, get connected To, to invite Bishop Bar- so Bishop Barron first like for me secular appearance was on Dave Rubin yeah and that's ah. how Bishop Barron got connected to Jordan Peterson oh wow because of Dave Rubin got connected to Ben Shapiro mm. you know Ben Shapiro has uh, interviewed David. Bishop Barron alright John- I didn't know that yeah 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 it's actually pretty good uh, uh, the Sunday special Jordan mm. Peterson Peterson also has spoken to Bishop Barron yeah right. that one Jordan Peterson was, was cried. Right, la, he cried yeah. I think he was really depressed la. I don't yeah. know la. he was going through something he was going through something but Yeah, so Dave Rubin is on the on the on the now list he's now. super conservative. Even like, okay, let me tell now you. Now he's militant no, no. conservative. Let, let me tell you how how people are targeting Dave Rubin. Mm. Okay, uh, what's his name? Uh? Um, what's the 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 Catholic dude? The the one that's so funny. Uh, finds the coiners. Oh, uh, Matt Fred. Matt Fred did a campaign to try and get Dave Rubin on his show. He got him on his show. He got yeah, and he did yeah. an interview with yeah, Dave yeah. Rubin. Yeah. Matt Fred, <laughs> Matt Fred, <laughs> Matt Fred does purely Catholic stuff. It's not yeah. even political commentary. It's so funny. Yeah, It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Fred's okay lah. He's very conservative for Brandon my palate lah. I've seen him live. I like. Yeah, I, I did. Him. I watched his video of Matt Fred. It was so funny. I think it was when Pope Francis said that the civil, <laughs> civil, <laughs> the can you can uh, what register? You can register gay couples. So yeah, I was. I remember. Which is was, not true, right? He never said that. The the no, translation right. might be. Yeah. It's, it's mm. debatable, mm. Because, um, 
it might be the translation was off or it might be he was saying it's a lesser of two evils kind of thing because oh, really? like even uh, Thomas Aquinas he actually was an advocate for legalizing prostitution Really? Yeah. So, but the <gasps> reason I want to look this up now. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue. But people okay, are so upset Thomas about Aquinas. it. But Thomas Aquinas, he felt like it's a lesser of two evils Correct. because yeah. he knows prostitution is wrong morally. That's interesting. But if people are going to be having sex and backdoors, then better you legalize it and you regulate it, lah. That's his idea. Interesting. So, like Pope Francis was saying, like, look, what? I'm not saying that like getting a civil relationship uh, union is uh, good or bad, but I'm saying that if these couples are going to stay together and they're not going to be protected then it's going to be an even worse moral wrong. I disagree. So that's la. a different interpretation. It's I vehemently like, disagree. I feel like this is the same argument with the abortion argument too. Yeah. Actually, a lot of arguments. A not lot. just abortion, guns too. Yeah, because yeah. you can... That's a, that's why I disagree. It's the same you argument, You can extrapolate yeah. that and go wild with it. But yeah, so anyway, Manfred was super funny. So he did a video about this thing. The first... The, I know, he gets super emotional. He got super emotional. <laughs> so, yeah, I was laughing. Was. I felt so bad for laughing because he was like, he was saying, okay, you know, guys... um. It's he dark, made it sound like the church was yeah, doomed. It's a it dark really? day. It's a dark day, and I, you know, I, I, I don't it's want so to believe what the the the, tra- <laughs> the threats, you know, the traditionals are saying. But things like this happen, and I can't, I can't. Jesus help me, Jesus. Oh my God, Jesus come, Jesus come and consecrate. <laughs> so Jesus come and consecrate this holy church. Jesus come now, Jesus. You know, I just don't want to believe this. Jesus, Spirit. please help, Jesus. Please. <laughs> He was really affected by really? it. Yeah. He just like he was having a breakdown and he kept on calling on Jesus to consecrate the church. <laughs> Angel, but people are really like... Oh, man. Like, I have friends who... It's just the things that they say. Like, they're so dramatic about it. Like, they talk about how, like... We talk about the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Mm. You know, how the vac- the vaccine was... Is derived from what aborted fetuses. Is it, is it true? I haven't read... It, it's aborted fetal cell line. That's right. it. It's different. And it's not just the Johnson Johnson one. It's that's the thing. Every and then, vaccine. But the MRA, is the MRA, yeah, MRA ones. Uh, yeah. So the aborted cell line is basically in science yeah. for anything to be replicable, you need to use the same cell line to test yeah. for an effect. Okay. So for some reason in the seventies, they've there was not much regulation on these things. And the best cell line is an undifferentiated cell. Okay, so a cell that has not yet become any other cell. It's yeah. just a stem cell. And, and not just that, I, I'm, I'm going to um, yeah. chime in because cause we learned this in embryology. It's yeah. not just undifferentiated, it's pluripotent. So like there's uh, so, there is, this specific is. stem cells can become Anything, anything in the body. Mm. Yeah. They have the potential to become anything. Yeah, like building, right. building blocks. And, and yeah. that's, we, we don't have that anymore as as, as postnatal humans. So like, you know, after humans birth. are out of birth, are after birth. That's why they inject, they do so the stem these, cell injections. So these, yeah, so mm. stem cells are really important for research, you know, because we, we see the potential that things can become. So the, unfortunately, the best source of stem cells in the 70s was an unborn fetus. And the problem is, if it's a miscarriage fetus, that's a fetus that has weak cells, unhealthy cells. That's mm. damaged. Mm. So this aborted baby was the perfect opportunity for them to get a perfect stem cell mm. of a healthy fetus mm. that had not yet divided into other cells. It had not differentiated into other cells. Mm. So in the 70s, the scientists said, okay, since you're already going to abort your baby, can I take the cells? The mother was like, yeah, sure. So he took the cell, published a paper with it, said, and he gave a name to that cell line. And since then, that cell line has been the cell line that they use for every study on cells. And the thing is, it's not, and that cell itself is no longer the aborted fetus. It's like been divided. You can divide it like. 
Yeah, you divide it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times that this is just a cell. Mm. It's like me taking something from, let's say like I'm taking skin cells from me and from from my body and then making a skin graft. Is that me? Mm. That's not me. You know what I mean? It's mm. a, it's my skin You're cell. Providing the, the Correct. initial I'm, template. I'm providing the, 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 yeah, the initial template and the resource mm. for that skin cell. But why can't they use a new cell line? Because every cell has its own DNA. Right. And for the science to be replicable, they need to have that continuity, that integrity of and the science. And it's been reliable. And, and the thing, yeah, and, it's and been a good the cell. misconception that people have is, they said, oh, aborted fetus. That means the aborted fetus that they, that was aborted yesterday. Right, they think no, recently. No, this is yeah. not, and that's this is not the truth. This one aborted you know? fetus in the 70s. One. Right. And yeah. it's in, in maybe two, but like the, those, that yeah. is just a fetal cell line from those two aborted fetuses from like the 1960s. Mm. So like that's not, I think, and even, um, what was it? The Pontificate for Life in mm. Italy. Mm. Like, they even made a statement about this and said, like, you know, b- we talk about, like, moral obligation. Because this, cause this person on my Instagram, like, he, they are very conservative. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they kept saying, like, the Johnson Johnson vaccine is morally compromised. Yeah. That's a bit extreme. La. I think our friends won't understand, but, like, because we are Catholic, so we really live in, we are really connected to the people who uh, have conservative views. Yes, yeah. correct. We we can really feel the pulse. Like we mm. know very clearly, like we know Trump supporters. Oh yeah. And, and they're not bad people. Nope. Not at exactly, all. Exactly, yeah. They have real concerns. Yep. And so when, I think for, it's hard for our friends because they're just watching like CNN mm-hmm. or like sort of liberal news medias that they follow. So they don't see, they see it's just as like stupid people who are not educated. Well, who it's are, both sides lah. Fox, then like yeah. we have, the other side is the people are watching Fox News. Yeah, you and know? we are so in the weird middle. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> we are like talking to the Fox people like, no lah. You know, that's a bit, Trump is a bit crazy. <laughs> but then we're talking to the people who are like, oh, no lah. Like, he's not, not he's, an angel. Yeah. He's, not, he's not the demon. Yeah. He's, Trump Probably has a, done some good yeah. things. You know, he yeah, has, you interesting, know. Huh? No, yeah, this yeah. is like, because I've started listening to Vox. Um, Vox, yeah. Yeah. And Vox is liberal. Like, yeah, really liberal. liberal. Yeah. Yeah. But I like it because I'm realizing, I, I think they're good, like, because it's smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you also Almost like same Vox. Type. Yeah, same Vox type and, media. and Ezra Klein. <laughs> Because yeah, Ezra Klein is like really nuanced. Like he's really, really liberal, but I think he's really smart, smart, smart liberal. So he understands the nuances. It's not black and white, but he knows how to deal with the nuances and tilt it left. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. But even he spoke about Trump and said mm. that Trump's, this is Ezra Klein. You all don't believe me. You think Roshan Gomez is crazy. You go listen to the Ezra Klein episode where he talks that's about Trump's, Trump's, um, I mean, he says it aside. Yeah, he yeah. says, I don't want to be, don't want to say that everything Trump did was bad. Because that's ridiculous, right? Mm. So he said that Trump's response to the pandemic when they released the stimulus package was good. It was a good thing he did. Mm. And it helped a lot. It helped a lot of Americans. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. But then people are on Definitely. both sides. Yeah. Everything Trump did was bad. He's yeah. a monster. He's a devil. Yeah. You know, he's somehow, you know, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But this, inter- this is an interesting conversation about science lie and the sort yeah. of ethical ramifications mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I'm personally, and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm really, really against abortion. Right. Uh, and it's funny for me because I have so many friends who really don't, uh, like I can, I really believe that you can have a discussion about abortion without talking about religion. Hmm. I think purely on an ethical discussion, you can have a good ground to be against the implementation of abortion. Yeah. Richard Dawkins was against abortion mm. uh, to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, you don't have to be religious. So I'm just surprised that people don't really think more about it. 
And people just immediately think you're a Christian nut if you're anti-abortion. I mean, I can empathize with... I struggle to talk about it. Yeah. Because I've... Not just because I'm a guy and I feel it's pushing my views on a woman. Sure. Mm. But because if I ever met a, a girl that I knew... Yeah. Who made a mistake and got pregnant mm. and I knew the baby was going to change her life. Yeah. You know, her, maybe her boyfriend would not be there to support her. Mm-hmm. She'd give up her whole life to take care of this baby. Yeah. I would struggle to stand by unless I can say like look have the baby I will support you mm. right unless I can say that I will means, struggle yeah. to like yeah. Yeah. push my opinion on her or even tell her like you know you're doing the wrong thing right. Yeah. Right. I would some people can do that yeah. I don't have the kind of moral tenacity maybe mm. to impose like that yeah I think for me because the I've the for me the fl- the underlying rationality or philosophy it just so clear cut. It's so clear cut. Yeah. So it's for me the only way lah. But I feel that you don't have to do it. Like you don't have to impose your will on another person. Mm. You can yeah. respect the other person, but you can say to this person, "Look, to me, I really believe that this is a life. If you have any worries or doubts, or you don't have the resources, tell me. Let mm. me help you. I will do my best." Because of the rationality, right? I have an ethical and moral obligation yeah, that's true. to do the utmost to yeah. save this child. You can't just sit by. Yeah. Even yeah. if that, yeah. if she says like, will you adopt the child? I will adopt the child. Mm. Yeah. I will. Like legit, 100%. Yeah. Because the, the, if not, it's ethically yeah. very, very bad. I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah. It's just the fact that all these pro-lifers, and that's why I'm, that's my issue with with mm. the whole pro-life movement. Mm. All these pro-lifers are screaming, "It's wrong! Mm. It's murder! It's so bad!" Blah blah blah, doing nothing about it. Mm. And you know, if you talk about like adopting and adopting people from uh, what do you call it, foster homes, or or mm. supporting you know teenage pregnancy, these are the same people who will say, oh, it's wrong. But then when a teenage girl gets pregnant, they shame them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, to me, it's like... Uh, and and, there's, and to, there's a lot of people like that. And sure. I've met a lot of... And a lot of them are older generations. Some of them are peers or so, you know? Right. So I think that's the whole issue with that people have with the pro-life movement. Lah. But I think the leaders in the pro-life movement are aware of this and are doing it. I think it's more like when you go down the chain, right. people who just follow for the sake of following and they don't think about it, where they're just like sheep, then they do this. They do very superficial things like this, like yeah. shaming and all that. Mm. But you know, like sometimes people tell me, oh, Roshan, uh, of course that the, the woman ha- woman has to take on all the responsibility. What about the, the boy? Shouldn't yeah. they also be held accountable? I'm like, yes. Mm. Let's enact law. Mm. I would support it 100%. Right. I think if a guy knocks up a, a, a girl, should that be bound. guy should be bound to that, that child. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What's the issue? Yeah. I don't understand why that's not a thing. And like, I don't get how like, you know, in the UK, abortion has been legal for a while now. It, when it got legal, right, it was all white men, you know. Mm. What happened to the patriarchy then? Why was the pit? I feel like... That's interesting. It's a weird... I feel like this um, is a way of allowing men to be irresponsible. They don't have to bear the, the, the consequences. You know, now, the extent of res- responsibility for a man now is dropping a girl over at a Planned Clinic. Parenthood and then driving to McDonald's while they have a burger and they pick up the girl. Sometimes they don't even do that. Sometimes mm. the girl will go with her friend or... Mm. So like. But I mean, on the other side, people are saying this is a more of an empowerment thing. Like sure. women women have the right to control their own bodies. Women have the right to make their own decisions sure. on, you know, if they are pregnant or not. Yeah. And if they choose to do an abortion or not. So 
it's tricky lah. Like it's I, a, I, it's it's hard for hard for us hard. as Catholics. You it's know? a decisive. It's of course a very decisive and very personal discussion mm. lah. But it it's an important discussion. Yeah, it is. It and is. And I'm definitely against anyone shaming anyone. You know, I know people who have aborted. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I also know um women who have not aborted. Right. Who were like uh, their parents or family were pushing them to abort. Right. We right. know a few families. Mm. I can easy, I yeah, name you. Same. I can name you three family, three women who their parents were. Pushing them to abort, and they're That's Catholics. Right. Yep. All three Catholics. Yep, correct. Trying to get their kids to abort, and then later the 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 these kids end up going to like convents. Yeah, you know, nursing and homes, you know. nursing, the nuns take care of them. They have a child, and then now these kids are like 13, 14, 15 years old already. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting thing, lah. Yeah. Do you feel that since both of you are have scientific backgrounds, that sort so that sort of informs your Catholicism? It or it's affected you the way you view Catholicism. Yeah, go first. I think the the seeking, you know, the in science you're trained to to be objective as objective as one can be, and to seek reason, to be yeah. inquisitive, to be curious, to question everything, mm-hmm. to question all things to its end. To test every hypothesis. To test every hypothesis until you can absolutely prove that it's it cannot be proven wrong. That has made religion tougher. Yeah, made it much tougher. It's much. I wish it, I could just say, "Oh, it's all God's will." Correct. Oh, it's all living in the hands it's of faith, God. Faith. Yeah. It's faith. I can no longer say those words, mm. honestly. Same. Or mm. sincerely, because there's always a nagging feeling in the back of my head. It's like, wait a minute, it's not all in the hands of God. Mm. You know, whether or not that is true. That's a struggle that I have, and that it continues to be a struggle. Yeah, something I'm continuously trying to work out and arrange. I still believe in God. Yeah, that one I have no doubts yeah. because of Aquinas. Yeah. Right, because of the five proofs, because of, and I think science reconciles perfectly. Mm. This is more of the view of the world. Yeah, how we interpret yeah. the world. The people of faith, and I would like to call myself a man of faith. Mm. People of faith. I think oversimplifies yeah. by saying that this oh this either God's will or not God's will. Right, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that because God gives men freedom mm. and human will, and so there is an element of the man, man, humanity playing a huge part in deciding mm. what trajectories we take. Mm. We take. Mm. You know, if we want COVID to be, and this has been the most irking one for me, that people say, if God wants to take COVID away, He'll take it away. Mm. Mm. You know, we need to pray that God removes COVID. Mm. Yeah. And I feel bad for feeling like look, I feel bad for feeling like that's not entirely true. Human needs to take action. Uh, some people were saying that uh, us not going for mass or not going for religious ceremonies, it's fear. Yeah, and it's a fear which is based on a distrust of God, God's will. Yeah, if you believe in God and you believe He will protect you, mm. then you wouldn't be afraid. Mm. Which that's is weird, lah. Yeah, it's I've interesting never, yeah. and it's logical, <laughs> but it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. And I think the church at large agrees with this viewpoint. Otherwise, churches would have insisted that regardless of COVID, we must meet in the church. Well, there are many support. churches that insist that still. Yeah, they are. Yes. They are. In Malaysia, we are pretty. In Malaysia, Malaysia we're quite, we, okay. we follow authority lah. But yeah. you see, like in Canada, there yeah. are these bishops are urging them. They said, you know, if you're allowing, you cannot restrict our yeah, rights. Yeah, you cannot restrict 
to our rights worship. To, to to worship and mm. you know you if you're allowing certain things why not allow churches to open okay. See, that issues. one to me is logical yeah. that one to me is logical because they're saying you're allowing certain gatherings but you're not allowing church yeah. mm. but even before that whole thing happened like they still were saying like no you cannot restrict if they're telling the people church, that look if you're coming to church you don't have to worry about COVID because God will protect you uh, that one's I big. have issues with that yes mm. same. big issues yeah. because God gave you intelligence yes yeah. that and was wisdom, given to yeah. you wisdom to enact on your freedom yeah. well yeah. and specifically to Catholics like the church has a lot of discretion in the way we worship yeah mm. yeah. you know yeah. And so mm. it's, it's it's tough it makes it tough I don't think the two are incons- in, uh, ir- irreconcilable yeah. uh, they are compatible Mm. and we've seen that time and time again yeah uh much to everyone else's disbelief most people think the two are incompatible yeah, yeah but we have great right. catholic scientists yeah great catholic scientists George father <laughs> father of genetics yeah it was Mendel. an augustinian monk yeah mm-hmm. yeah um not 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 evolution Greg- genetics genetics Gregor, yeah Gregor darwin was an anglican priest uh yeah but he was agnostic most of his life after la. No, I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure he was really. Yeah, yeah, Dar- yeah. Dar- Darwin's name is on. Is it Darwin? Yeah, it was Darwin's name is on 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 one of the floors in the the chapels in Oxford. Yeah, oh. he had a debate yeah. with. Oh yeah, he had a debate. Oh, okay, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was debating. Sure. No, not Darwin. What's his name? I'm the guy in the the guy in the wheel. wheel it sounds so bad. The guy in the wheelchair. Oh, Huxley. No, the guy in the wheelchair. Wheelchair. Hawking. Hawking. Uh, Hawking's name Hawking's is... Hawking's name is on the floor of one of the chapels in Oxford. That's why we were like... It's not terrible, but it's... Stephen... What? We're like, Stephen Hawking? It's like... Yeah, it's so weird. Maybe buried there. But that's weird. Like, why would he be buried in the chapel in Oxford? You were the phone Yeah, I don't know. This is what I remember, but if I'm wrong, then someone can correct me. But like, I'm pretty sure I remember it. I was like... We were like, my friends... Suddenly, it's like a a bishop from the 19th century called Stephen Hawking. Maybe like <laughs> I was like Stephen Hawking because Hawking didn't even study in Oxford, so it'd be quite weird. That it was day. very strange. He was, oh, he was yeah. Cambridge. Cambridge. It was such a weird. It was such a weird sight. So we're like, yeah, is that right? Like, yeah. I don't know. yeah, but there's so many like George Lemay did the formulations for the Big yeah. Bang Theory. Yeah. Mendel. There's yeah. even philosophers, right? Um, yeah. Even things like Pascal's Wager, Blaise yeah. Pascal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many like you look at the number of uh, creators in on the moon, like how many Jesuit. Mm. Priest, how many yeah. Jesuit? How many creators are named after Jesuit priests? That's yeah. right. So many, so many. The, f- the, the person Jesuits who first, the, the, I found out that the guy who first found out about the um, Down syndrome gene, mm. it's a Catholic layperson. Mm. Why you know? do you know that? Yeah, yeah, he was a Catholic layperson, and it was really, really good. And he was one of the first proponents. That he was a pro-lifer, lah. Mm. He's saying that we should not abort babies because we know that they are Down syndrome. Mm. You know things like that. I, so, if I'm not mistaken, I think the the book Your Inner Fish. Talking about how like Neil Shubin. Yeah, Neil Shubin is a very prominent Catholic uh, evolutionary biologist. biologist. Mm. So he is the one who's who's saying, you know, there are remnants of the fish, fish development know. in the way we develop in the in the womb as well. So he's he's quite prominent. Lah. Yeah, some people say yeah. because our eyes the way our eyes are like you know our eyes are a bit like eyes, I don't know. I haven't haven't gone to that chapter. Brenda yet. studied embryology and she says I'm studying it now. Quite yeah. interesting. She says there are maybe you should tell uh, the so gills. there are these things called branchial arches that form and and that that's like so branchial arches are sort of these grooves ridges that form in the region of our neck when we're when we're embryos that's the thing so we develop the branchial arches and then we lose a lot of them right. so it's like that's kind of weird like why would we develop and then lose them but when we look 
and we compare that to the development of a fish, Same time. fish branchial arches develop into gills. Mm. So it's like, you know, you see remnants of that here and there. And so it's very interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. And it's compatible Super. with Christianity. The fish symbol. Oh, it's all yes. different. Five loaves, two fish. I don't, I don't know. Five loaves, two fish. Actually, we have a new theory that the five loaves and two fish was oh, actually yeah, 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 yeah. idli. Idli, idli. Oh idli. Because we found out that when... And you can Google this. Yeah, it's legit. You can Google If you this. make idli... Okay, wait, what's idli? Idli is a... Oh God, a type of Indian. It's like... Yeah, it looks like a cake. It's a tiny cake. Tiny piece of cake. Is it? That's round shape. Oh, I don't know. It, it looks like a small UFO. It's like yeah. a tiny model UFO, Isn't but it's white. It's flour. No, yeah. no. This is like, like a peering like that. Yeah. Oh. Ah, like put a peering like that? Yeah, that Something same shape, like okay. but it's just flour. Uh, kind of soury. Yeah. Almost like sourdoughy kind of yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yogurty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't that, like it. that initial batter <laughs> that is used to make idli, basically it continuously divides. It expands. Okay. And it grows. So when sometimes aunties are cooking, they will make, and then the thing will... Just, just continue making like so it's, like, it's like a bottomless pit. Like <laughs> you scoop it, you like make a few at least. By the time you look like, back at the container, eh, it's full again. <laughs> so like Jesus was giving Italy. <laughs> That's the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. It's overflowing. It just keeps going. Italy and fish curry. <laughs> 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 like he just kept topping up the curry with water and like hey got some more got some more don't worry <laughs> <laughs> the back first got really dilute curry <laughs> front first got some saturated stuff <laughs> damn man but I think that fish thing is cool though yeah it's really really cool to no, just it's a, it's a standard now. evolutionary biology idea that fish were the first life on earth yeah. And that we progressively moved out of that's, the water. Yeah, that's the whole your inner fish idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there would be remnants of fish genome in our you know. And our when you DNA. see like a human embryo compared to all these other animal embryos, yeah, it looks they the look same. exactly the same. And yeah. you can't and that's how it all started because they the realized like weeks. they couldn't because this this scientist, I forgot his name, but this scientist who 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 started seeing that there were similarities Patterns. between all these embryos, he just forgot to label them. Mm. And he realized he was like Oh, they all look the same. <laughs> and so oh, he's like, shit. I'm just gonna wait. Oh, wait Which till one's like, a lizard? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> let's save this. I'll just write a paper on it. Probably like scold you idiot, you didn't label any of it. Oh wait. Oh something here we can That's what science is all about. <laughs> Actually, I a lot of things are discovered yeah. by chance. Dude, the number yeah. of times I like forget to label important things and then they, it's like one tube of DNA and another tube of I don't DNA. Think like, be talking about like, this. <laughs> <laughs> this could be cloud leopard. This, this could is be like a the dog. behind the scenes. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> it's true though. There's so many, so many things that happen behind the scenes that people don't realize. That's crazy though. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so evolutionary biology is very interesting. Yeah. Because you realize that there's so little difference between us and the chimps, for example, yeah. in the genome. Do you all subscribe to like evolutionary behavior? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You that's so? that's the whole idea of, that's you know, when I said earlier, uh, in minute five or so, yeah. that <laughs> racial profiling is something we cannot not do. Yeah. It's because of that. Meaning? It's because it's written into our code. And in the G- way we kind of, like in our brains and the way we categorize things yeah, as well. Because you see that with the chimps. Yeah. They are unable, they can maintain really big social groups, but ultimately when it comes to another clan, yeah. there's a lot of suspicion, there's yeah. a lot of, and so this, like 
scientists like uh, E.O. Wilson, you know, these biologists, they would pull that and say like, that is the history of war. Right. That's where war began. It's yeah. So I've heard a lot about this and yeah. I, I, I like it. I yeah. mean, it explains certain things like even phenomenon of like politicians kissing babies. Mm. They see that oh. in like, uh, 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 I think it's, it's either bonobos in, yeah, or chimps. Yeah. Bonobos. One of yeah. it. Yeah. And even the whole like corner office uh, phenomenon where the boss has to sit corner office you see that replicated in yeah. the wild it's yeah. quite fascinating that's why Jane yeah. Goodall was so profound when she first published because yeah. she was seeing that mm. these teams were not so different from yeah. humans from us, yeah. but but there are a lot of people who are against it as well and say it's over extrapolation yeah Jane Goodall was a sociologist anthropologist so she wasn't She's just recording behaviors on a piece of paper, yeah. right? Yeah. Some people say you're reading too too much into yeah. it. Yeah. And some people say again, but I don't like these sort of arguments, but you're using it to justify behaviors in that's Humans. happening now. Mm. But it's not, it's but not I mean, what you're doing. That's what science is though. We're just observing. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of times, like we were talking about how, how um, you know, the, the whole notion that science is objective is actually quite wrong lah like mm. you know like it's and in anthropology the whole la. idea of it is oh yeah I didn't know this about anthropology yeah, so in, in anthropology in anthropological research you as a scientist are supposed to record your feelings even in even in field work so even if you're just observing someone you have to record how you're feeling and saying like you know I felt a bit strange seeing this person do this to the other person why or, do you do that it's, it's it's to sort of filter out like you know you it's an, an acknowledgement that you as a human being have biases, right. especially cultural anthropologists. It's a very very important part of their work that they have to make sure that they record their emotions when they're going through, I especially think in field. You work were telling me this was something that Jane Goodall like because. I think when she was studying, they all told her that you need to be a proper scientist and not like put yourself proper in the position. Yeah. In you, quotes, need, you, yeah. you, you can't put yourself in the position of your subjects mm. because then it tints. Mm. Yeah. But then Jane Goodall, her strength was Well, as she's empathy. an anthropologist. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly she's what empathy. the anthropologist right. method is, yeah. you know? And mm. I think that's... that's I think that's she really, really good. She was kissing the chimpanzee. She was becoming part of the family. Mm. She became like an honorary tribe member. Mm. And she wrote a very anthropological kind of view. Yeah. Of Just like how you'd go to an Africa and live with a tribe and then, you know, describe this tribe. She was doing the same thing, but with chimps. But with, but with chimps yeah. I get freaked out whenever her masterclass gets promoted on my YouTube. Oh my gosh, she had this. <laughs> <laughs> this 90-year-old lady. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't fit with the lady, right? Because no. it's like frail, frail English woman. Yeah. Today we're gonna talk about the chimps. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the sound is gonna be so bad. <laughs> oh man, but but is but shouldn't science be objective though? It should. But anthropology, no, 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 no. social sciences. When you shouldn't. go into an anthropology, well, when I took an anthropology class, the first lesson was: Is anthropology a science? <laughs> I and disagree, was, though. I, yeah. I disagree that science because I, we are human beings, and we sure. always will bring our biases into research. But no, shouldn't no, be the scientific process should be the elimination yeah, of those biases. Think about microbiology research. Think about microbiology research. The reason why you have three hundred replicates of yeah, the petri yeah. dish no, you're right. yeah. is to you, you give yourself the confidence that this is statistics mm. there's st statistical significance in your data mm. that weeds out all not just human bias but environmental bias yeah, yeah, like, genetic bias population bias so many biases yeah, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it, it, I, but I wouldn't call it. Ob- I guess I'm, I just have a, the, a problem with the word objective. Like, scientists very... are not objective. The no, research should be objective. The, the should data be objective. should be objective. But it's still not objective. But I mean, anthropology just, stuff. No, but it's just you. You rely on statistical significance. It's not really. You can never say like science. We and we talk about this in class too. It's like you. You can never say that science proves anything. You just disprove yeah. stuff. You right. Know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I think I just have an issue with the word objective, lah. Like I'm. I'm just saying like it's not objective because you rely on numbers. You rely on data and you rely on True a certain la. sub. Like, Which is imperfect. It's imperfect still imperfect. Data sets, yeah, yeah, right. it's still imperfect, but it's as perfect as it yeah. can be, no, you know? I would, I, I get what you're saying and I agree. Yeah. I think the right term, science tries to be objective, but yeah. it not, it's not necessarily true. Because it's, working, I mean, on, it's yeah. working on imperfect models. Yeah, so yeah. All the it's time. Always yeah, as much as we think, it's like, always, yeah. this might be right. This has a high probability of being right. Yeah. And it's been done many, many times, so we can think it's, you know, yeah, it's but reliable. It's, but it's not and absolute. It's, it's not absolute. But the problem, yeah. I guess, now in the times that we live in, maybe not in Malaysia, but again, because it's the zeitgeist in America, right? Uh, there is this sort of tension between objectivity and rel- relativism. Mm. And that sort of, that has sort of like, bleeded into the sciences and mm. how sometimes you find something out and then like for example uh, when it comes to like chimps or bonobos and mm. we find that oh there's bad behavior yeah. but it's replicated in humans and we use that and then people don't like that conclusion yeah. and so then they disregard it and yeah. they say it's not true mm. you know because it doesn't fit their sort of political view mm. and then it becomes this weird thing whether yeah everything's relative so that's just even though there's like a scientific study that's still just your truth. Yeah. And then it becomes like a weird thing like that. Yeah, it becomes political lah. Yeah. Yeah. And that might not be so cool lah. I mean, it's happening with COVID lah. You know, mm. people are finding papers to justify their pre-existing yeah. points of view. Yeah. COVID is a tough, it was a tough, it's a whole... You blew up on the internet because of COVID. Wait, what? what? Oh, yeah. Why? Your COVID episode is quite popular. Oh yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> well, it's not popular, popular. It's okay. It's the two different extremes. Huh? Yeah. The science and the non-science. <laughs> first episode is COVID for real. Then <laughs> second episode, yes, COVID is for real. <laughs> I mean, sorry for, sorry for questioning it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but the, is COVID real for real episode did better. Of course. But of not, course. not not a lot, like extremely, like a big disparity, but it did do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I need to go pee. Go, go, go. Me right and Brenda back. can have a chat. Yeah. So tell me what you hate about my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so Krishna, this one, he always... Okay, he will disappear. <laughs> now we say nice things about him. <laughs> we can't yeah. let him go on Krishan's his high horse. an interesting person to be with. La. Why? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what is interesting about He's him? just very... I think he's just very non-conventional. Mm. And a lot of people think they don't see that extent as much as I do. Mm. Now that I'm realizing, like, I think he's someone who... When I think about our relationship, he challenges me a lot, la. Yeah. At least, at least, at least that's what I think. <laughs> Compared to when I listen to my other friends talk about their relationships, sure. I realize like Christian does like yeah. challenge me a lot. And I, I think coming from my background is women tend to be very dominant over men, right? And Christian's like putting a stop sign to that. <laughs> he's like, nope. <laughs> he's like, it's not It's not about him dominating, but it's just more of like, you know, he has to have a say right. as well. Yeah, like, yeah. we are both, we are both share equal, we both share equal, um, what is the word? Money. 
<laughs> I'm a human being richer than human. How uh, <laughs> funny! Oh, I'm a you'll be surprised. Because oh, <laughs> very financially. Yeah, he's frugal. Frugal and savvy. <laughs> It annoys yeah. Brenda how frugal I am. Ah, yes, yes, it annoys me. Cut very corners much. everywhere. Christian is a weird, like, uh, emo- he's super emotional at the same time, not emotional at all. He's super emotional to certain people. Yeah. But to other people, he can, like, completely detach his emotions. Yeah. That's why it's it's weird for me because I, I see him interact with other people. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you interact with me that way? <laughs> He's like, no, but I'm sensitive to you. Yeah. I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> I think actually I'm the same way. It's different. I think I'm yeah. like super emotional like with like my, my mom, my mm-hmm. dad. Yeah. Uh, with Christian to a certain extent. Yeah. But like, I didn't know my all my other friends don't really affect me. Yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. my friends were to stop talking to me, I would really be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I care about them and everything, but I don't feel the need to, you know? It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas some people like, once they create a bond with someone, even a friendship, they give you know it becomes almost it like best. A, yeah, yeah you know emotionally hmm. <laughs> yeah no Brenda Brenda brings out a part of me that I honestly didn't know existed mm. the sensitive bit mm. like she gets it quite hard like because to most people I'm quite impervious like you can say anything about me and you're like yeah, no, like yeah but Brenda just makes small comments <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, that 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 shit. Um, uh, a bit small, huh? You calling me fat? <laughs> I calling it's you not fat? even that. At least that's a sensitive topic. No, that one is okay. <laughs> Two days ago, I was driving. She's like, yeah. why you keep touching your nose? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was so okay. So yeah, we had this conversation. <laughs> I said, I was like, it's not hygienic, and he goes like, do you like it if I tell you this? <laughs> it's my life. You need to give me my freedom to live the yeah, way I, like, I want to so live. Confused. If I want to touch my nose, why do you need to change that? Why are you trying to shackle me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically that. <laughs> oh, I'm an individual. <laughs> you don't need to tell. Tell me whether I can or cannot we touch my to nose. We need to be interdependent, <laughs> not codependent. <laughs> no, this was uh, a real no, conversation. No, we, I'm not we even had faking like a two-hour conversation on uh, it on yeah. the way back home and then outside we on the, the porch. Oh my god! Seriously, we like funny. contemplate our whole like future. <laughs> <laughs> That's damn scary. You know? <laughs> I think I, 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 I take like, it up what? a notch. I really think <laughs> it's true. Like Christian, I admit it's my fault. <laughs> I take it quite far. I don't know why he's not a psychologist <laughs> by nature. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, being in a relationship with someone is really like a mirror being held in front of you, right? It's yeah. true. Suddenly, a projection yeah. of all your your flaws. Yeah. <sighs> because you know your like your family is safe, even though they see all your imperfections, they will ultimately accept you and remain. That's right. But with another person, a new person, they can always leave. Yeah. And so this is the first person you're showing everything to and mm. they know everything and they can reject you. That's always my fear. Like, as much as I trust Christian and like we've been together for quite a while now. How many years? Five years. About five. Nice. Half um, a decade. Give and take. <laughs> plus minus. Yes. Oh no. Why? Just plus minus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this- <laughs> There were breaks? There were no breaks, no breaks yeah. just plus or minus. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you all have forgotten, is so it? So the weather yeah, very yeah, nice forgotten, today. Forgotten. <laughs> no, so... Christian, don't touch your nose. Don't touch your nose. <laughs> I yeah. do it when I'm nervous. <laughs> as much as I trust Christian, and I do, I trust Christian with my whole life, honestly. Mm. But um, there's always this fear in the back of my head that what if he one day just sees all these flaws in me right. and realizes... 
I don't want this in my life and just drops me and, and leaves, you know? And the other thing is, as a Catholic, like, what if he becomes a priest? <laughs> no, this is legit I, content as I well. Am, this is a legit Every now and then it comes up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my insecurity, lah. Because I feel like the way we met, we met through ministry and we mm. met through church, right? It's, it's very... And Christian was very... I was seriously, yeah. seriously considering it he at one point. He was seriously considering it as well. It was, so It was on my mind. Yeah. And we have a friend, a priest, who like w- was engaged and all that. And yeah. then he became a priest. For the Mike Schmitz. Also same mm. one. Really? Yeah. yeah. Pope Francis. Huh? Was he engaged? Pope Francis on the way to propose. <laughs> then he stopped by a church. Oh, then he called the priest. At least he didn't propose. You know what I mean? This one is he like was, proposed but he was already. On the, uh, yeah. For the Mike Schmitz. Oh, for the Mike Schmitz, he was dating a girl for a long time. No, this one was like proposed already. Getting, you know, like preparing yeah. for a wedding. And yeah. then you realize like, oh... I'm and gonna then, become a priest. And then they always have the story. Of, uh, they always say like the the person, the, like the 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 girl, for example, in these scenarios, they are really understanding and accepting, and they're like, you know, how can I compete with God and all that stuff? Like deep down, they must yeah, be really oh, upset. Yeah. Of course, I, 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 I don't. Mm, say? I don't think Brenda, Brenda's if, not gonna go down without nope, a fight. Yeah. I'm gonna be like God. Yeah. Why <laughs> you? <Yeah. laughs> so you better give me a reason now. <laughs> uh, no, it's for me. For me, it's not so much the fear of losing her. It's. Sorry, I lost. Oh, I lost it, man. <laughs> you were just like, don't scratch. I don't touch my nose. Don't touch my nose. <laughs> Whatever, you don't touch my so nose. Sorry, oh, okay, I got it. I got it. It's the as someone who who lives quite freely. Mm. What I do struggle with is now having to. Be accountable to be someone. Accountable to someone yeah. Be aware of other people's needs, wants, yeah. desires to compromise. Mm. And it's making you sound like a big asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a tough thing no, for me because a, I live... It's an honest conversation. Yeah, I live very, very independently. La. Yeah, You know, I I live in the middle of the forest for goodness sake. That's you right. Know, I don't, I'm not bound by time. Yeah. Not bound by real commitments. Yeah. Not bound by family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if I wanted... When I wanted to take a job in Sabah... I didn't consult anybody. Yeah. I didn't ask for permission from anyone. Yeah. I didn't have to check if it's okay with anyone. Yeah. I just took the job and left. That's right. You know? Yeah. I think like, again, it's coming, coming back to having those like serious conversations and saying that just because you feel this way, it doesn't mean that it has all the bad bad implications of that. Like, right. people come, there are different people with different personalities, right? And we just need to talk about all the different types of... Yeah. Like, it's very easy to say to someone like who says like, I just, I don't feel like talking to my girlfriend today. Mm. And you say that that person is selfish. Right. Because you have someone that loves you, why wouldn't you want to talk to that person? Right. But then, it's difficult when you're that person because you have, you're having legit feelings. It's true. Yeah. Right? And you're not saying that, I don't love that person, I don't want, I don't want, because there are some assholes that really, they don't care about you know, they're just yeah. really disrespectful. Yep. But then yep. some people, it's like, it's my, I just need my space and yes. I'm still an individual and I'm trying to navigate those two things, right? Yeah. yeah. Can be a bit tricky. We have those days. Brenda tells yeah, me no, she I think, space. I think I, well, I think I also, I'm more sensitive to that when you, when you tell me your feelings. Yeah. When Christian expresses his feelings to me, I kind of, I assign sort of like a, I was like, mm, maybe he's having like second thoughts about me. Mm. I, I tend to have those insecurities lah. I read this book uh, by Alain <laughs> de Bouton. That's how I'm pronouncing his name. School of Life lah, School of Life. Mm. So then he was saying, how many problems happen between couples in the middle of the night when they're side by side and then one partner's mm. hand goes to touch, you know, to initiate, mm. right? So one, one hand just mm. like slides to the side and then the other hand just moves aside. <laughs> <laughs> how much of Pain and rejection <laughs> yeah. stem from things, such yeah. a simple movement. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's true though. Yeah. Because mm. you read into things lah. Yeah. I think that's the worst. The, that's a killer in relationships. You yeah. just read into small things over mm. and over again. Try to extrapolate so much meaning. Mm-hmm. When I think the easiest response is just confront talk it. Talk about it. Like yep. talk about it. Straight on. Mm. And clarify. Mm-hmm. We talk every day. Every day. For the last five years. Mm. But we still do that. <laughs> we still do it. Mm. We still fall into the trap of making assumptions. Yep. Mm. Thinking, it, thinking I, mean, I know what's on her mind without yeah. actually asking her if that's on her mind. I mean, it's hard also because we're long distance so I can't read his body language because mm. a lot of time body language is so powerful. Mm. And now that you can't read my body language, you read, sometimes read I realize I'm like, oh, <laughs> he wasn't out with another person. It was just him sleeping oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like sometimes I go out late yeah. and I chat with people and of course, I come from a background where that is normal. Mm. We go out. And I realize that now. <laughs> yeah, we have drinks. Not like beer, but we just go out and have coffee. Mm. And we stay in mama until 3am. Yeah. Mm. Just it's talking. just talking. And it's yep. not like with, with, you know, it's not because you're interested in the person. Mm. Uh, like, you're not, you're not like having a fling or whatever. It's just, you like conversations. Yeah. With guy friends, girlfriends, whoever they may be. Mm. In a group. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of a problem is for it, us because, because my, my lifestyle is completely because different I not, always yeah. have a social limit I'm like mm. by the time it's midnight I'm like shutting down and I'm like oh, okay I don't want to go back go go home because I feel like it's late you know so that's just my family whenever that now. problem comes up you guess what my arguments are mm. I'm my own person <laughs> all the time <laughs> I can't be stuck to you you can't change me I'm free man. I'm a sovereign being <laughs> <laughs> I am an individual <laughs> with my own wants <laughs> and needs. Oh, man. I've actually got messages from Brenda checking on Christian, as in, like, yeah, yeah. he doesn't answer. Russian will actually message me back. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't answer, and then Brenda will text me, and then, like, I don't know where he is. I'm like, I'm quite sure he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. so sure he's like, I, I'm pretty sure he's just in his room sleeping. And it's true enough, it's true. And you text me like, oh, sorry, baby. <laughs> I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also yeah. with your relationship is tough because of the long distance. La. That's yeah. sucks, insane. La. La. Yeah. You know, in so many years, you all basically got together and started yes. in a few months. So and together for a year and then boom. Yeah. It's since. just, yeah, this... Yeah, it was, it's still very difficult. I think that it's the whole... I think if we were aware for so long from each other and like we didn't see each other, it's actually probably easier. Mm. But the fact that we see each other every year and we go to this cycle of like meet, mm. ripped apart. Meet, mm. ripped apart. You know, reunited, ripped apart. Mm. It's just... It gets Exhausting. harder every single time because you, you, you get that hope of, oh yes, I'm going to meet him. And you meet each other and it's so good. And then you have to... Restart. Restart. And go back to long distance again. So Which I feel is like becoming it be less easier. and less appealing. It's definitely it's less and less it's appealing. It's getting old. It really is getting old. <laughs> Do you all so have any hard. plans for the future? Yeah, yeah. of course. We so talk about yeah. it all the time. Um, there's, it's, it's many plans moving simultaneously. In tandem, yeah. In tandem. Yeah. Mm. But... Yeah, they all lead in the same direction, I suppose. I think we both want to do our own thing, kind of, still. Yeah, uh, yeah that's We that's still the like our thing. freedom and we still want our singlehood in that sense, but... Singlehood but in career, lah. In career, correct. We have aspirations, yeah. we have goals. Yes. And neither of us feel comfortable telling the other to give that to back up. back off there, yeah. I think you both are very ambitious. You're both yeah. type A sort yeah. of personalities and Brenda's not necessarily type A, you know? No. Brenda's no? quite... Laid back, actually, quite chilled. Yeah. Right. Uh, she has goals, very clear goals. I'm not competitive, lah. Like yeah. I don't, mm. I don't see, like I couldn't, I wouldn't do well Brenda in the corporate world or business. Living. Yeah. Mm. Like she values yes. 
having good meals, holistic life, yeah. exercising. Mm. I'm hippie lah. Uh, <clears throat> not necessarily like working in crazy environments where you're pushing in, pushing in, pushing, pushing. Mm. Brenda likes nine to five structure. Yes. Achieve your goals. Get your to do list done. Forget about work. Be happy. Have yeah. a slow dinner. Watch a movie. Yes, that's, that's, that's my ideal. <laughs> While Sounds earning great. enough money. La. <laughs> that's always the, the big challenge, but yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Mm. It's a life that academics still provides. And uh, I, it's no, one of the few careers that allows... That as much, at least in the US. Yeah. And now they're starting to give room for you know family life and yeah. especially for women. La. So what's your plans? Uh, you're doing a master's in anatomy, right? Yes, a so, master's in biology uh-huh. with a specialization in anatomy. So what's the next step? What are you, what are the you planning? The next step is the doctorate. Because in? In, in anatomy, mm. ideally... Mm-hmm. So I, I do have interest in like sexual health and all mm. that as well. But at the same time... You have a vagina on your laptop. Yeah. It's not a vagina. Tell him what it is. It's not a vagina. It's a vulva. It's a vulva. It's a vulva. Vulva is like the outer part. Like vagina everything just, you see on the outside. Vagina is just the, the, whole, the canal. Yeah, yeah. canal. Right. The canal that the penis enters. Yeah. Right. So, so like for me, it's like I have very broad interests. But I do like how solid anatomy is and how... Like, it's very interesting lah. And there's so many things you can explore in anatomy. Mm. As much as people think it's a static science, it's it's not lah. People are starting to, you can, you know, you can go the route of imaging, you can go the route of um, cell biology. So, but why the interest in sexual health? Why? Mm. Like, what sparked the interest? Mm. Were you as a child, like a 13-year-old, sexual health, yay! <laughs> like, actually, it started then lah, actually. Like, it started, uh. it started more on my own experiences with my own sexuality. Mm-mm. Um... And so, it's the whole like, and, and you know, you ask Christian the question of, you know, as a scientist, how do you feel about religion and all that, you know? That's where it all started, like the questioning. Mm. Because I realized like, even now, as someone who understands sexual health and, and advocates for sexual health, it's something that I still can't reconcile with my religion. Because mm. I'm, I'm all for sexual empowerment, you know? Mm. Things like the fact that women masturbate mm. that's you know that's that's a very sexually empowering thing that's something that the churches uh, that the church does, doesn't mm. acknowledge and doesn't advocate for you know I mean I think so, it's the the it's the the larger question is that mm, 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 there is not enough mm. discussion and yes. awareness that of the female mm. participation in that's, sexual that's that's more that's more my perspective la. I'm not trying to change you know, the way the church views certain things. But it's more just a discussion and mm. and and acknowledgement of the female anatomy. There's also like my my route of anatomy is more of just sexual anatomy and mm. reproductive anatomy. Um so just an awareness of that, an acknowledgement of that and a discussion about it, elevating female voices in the church, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to sexuality, because in sexuality it's just very we don't talk about that la, at all. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of like put it in the in the back burner and just Mm. forget about it you know I think the natural progression for any conservative or Christian or even Asian to a certain extent mm-hmm. when we discuss about I think we can all agree that sex is powerful it is alright and I think to this even as a, a progressive liberal person I think you do yourself danger or disservice when you describe sex as flippant or frivolous mm. you actually do more harm I, de- I think the hippie era mm-hmm. did that was the problem yeah. they made it too casual without recognizing the power of sex and the danger mm. in sex mm. which there is yeah. right but the natural progression for conservatives or Christians or, or these groups 
who want to recognize that sex is powerful is to talk about sex. Yeah. To talk about the good and the bad, the 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 things you gain and the things that you might lose, the risks and all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to my uh Aaron Matthew, my friend. And so like because like I work a lot with in from church, I work a lot with youth, yeah. young people. And I teach Sunday school 15 years. And then Aaron st- teaches secondary school students all his career. Mm. So I was telling him, actually, like sometimes to be really honest and frank, even as a 29-year-old, when I teach teenagers, some girls are really attractive. Mm. Mm. Right? And then Aaron was like, yeah. Mm. And he said he feels the same way. He thought like seven, like 16, 17-year-old girls are like really, really yeah, attractive. Yeah. We're not talking about like kids who look like they're 10 years old. They're mature. Women, they are already women, mature, yeah. right? Yeah. And he was like, he, and Aaron was sharing, like, he was saying, actually, yeah, we really need to have these discussions in schools, especially for male teachers. Yeah. Because we somehow, you know, expect male teachers to like shut off. And I guess to this also for female teachers, right? Mm. To like somehow the moment they're teachers and as long as they're in high school, their uh, sexuality turns off. They're like a non-sexual We all, we all had yeah. that one teacher in school that was a bit of a pervert. That's yeah. a, no, but that's the op- that's extreme. We're talking about your average teacher who didn't give a pervy wipe. He will also feel an attraction yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to high school exactly because they're human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And True. you need mm-hmm. to talk about it. You need to mm-hmm. say like, look, even that's really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if you're freaking propositioning your student is <laughs> if you're talking about sex like in a yeah, weird yeah. way, yeah. But just the average experience of an adult with a teenager. Because it wasn't that many years ago where 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds were getting married. Yeah. You know, it's not it's that true. It's true. far a stretch. Yeah. So, but now, you know, it's just these discussions are important. And yeah. I'm sure it's the same for for uh, women teachers as well. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. Can you imagine the university lecturers? Yeah. Yeah, that one, that line is very, very... Even harder because these are 20-year-olds. Some twenty something year old, and some lecturers women. are even probably almost the same age, like yeah. maybe like five years. The senior, senior lecturers would be twenty. Junior lecturers would be twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. The students close. are twenty, yeah. twenty one. Yeah, I mean it's inappropriate because of the power dynamic. Of power power yeah, dynamic, of yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew a lecturer in my uni who was getting on with his master's student. Gosh. Sure, mine as well. Yeah. In fact, oh well, I don't think I should say this, but I know, I know, I know a person mm. who was very senior who taught in a particular institution. Who later divorced his wife and then married his uh, student, his master's student. Damn. Yeah, but was the, the, a- and the age gap is huge. distinct. Was the oh, master wow. student like done with the masters? Uh, I think so. I if mean, she was not done, that would be unethical, lah. Yeah. No, they definitely got married after, lah. Yeah, okay. but the way they met and they got close was, mm. and they probably started dating when she was studying yeah. with him. So yeah, these conversations are really important. And yeah, you're right. Even for like female teachers as well. I'm sure that there are female teachers who are attracted to their yeah, male students. That's without a doubt. I that, kind of feel like this might be profiling again, but I kind of feel like women would be a bit more, would have more rationale when Not it came necessarily. to this. Not necessarily. A lot of the cases yeah, in the US is, is female teachers with high school students. Mm. So it's like it's... I think it's easier, easier oh. for female teachers to groom their... Because mm. girls, to a certain extent, society has told them, beware, 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 right. beware. You know, to, to, a, to maybe an unproductive... So they're hyper-aware, yeah. hyper-aware of male teachers, like males, males who, are, general, who have that position general, of authority. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the vulnerability, right? Whereas yeah. boys don't have this. It's like beyond, <laughs> like, like for guys, like, that's a great thing. <laughs> like, you know, that's the, the societal sort of uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, way yeah, we grow up. If your female teacher went up to like, uh, boleh datang office saya nanti? Boleh, cikgu. Macam <laughs> <laughs> <Jangan> berapa? <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I actually had a, I have a friend who, who was... Teacher, teacher. 
proposition by his teacher. Really? Like high school. Male friend, pro- female teacher? Yeah. Oh, okay. That is crazy. I just never encountered that. I think it really that. affected him. Really? I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. I think oh. it really affected him. Like, it was like a, a predator thing. It, 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 because when you're dead, yeah. young, you don't know. You, you don't, don't realize it. You don't realize. But then, it, was it like required? Was it? Like you, because you don't know what's going on, what? So oh. you just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, then after that, it uh, messed him up, lah. Kind of. That's that's sure sad, would, you know. Sure would. Again, because you don't have those discussions. Yeah. But even when I heard that, I was like, I first thing that I, are you lying to me? It's so messed up. Because yeah. like so beyond your yeah. conception. Right? Then second to that, after that, you accept it and you're like, this must be a one-off thing. Lah. No, but did he tell you this while it was happening? Or like way, no, 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 no. This is much like when we after. were in our late 20s. Right, right, right. Right. He was telling about how he was when he was in high school. Mm. Right. <clears throat> Odd. And I don't think he, I don't think he ever told anyone. I think I'm the only person who's ever told. And now I've spoken about it on the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. But yeah. But yeah. So there is a lot of uh, stigma. Mm. And then talk some of? people might enter this sort of dynamics and they might feel there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But the broader discussion, like it is wrong in a bro- like a societal level. Like we can't have, even though at an individual level you feel it's fine, but we can't have a mentality of teachers and students entering relationships. It's just bad for the community and society as mm, a whole. Mm. You know? Yeah, more research is coming out about that. Lah. No, not many people want to talk about it, but a lot of psychologists are yeah. taking up that whole like university student dynamic. Lah. Mm. University teach, university lecturer student yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. What do yeah. you want to say, Christian? Um, shall we talk about the Swiss Canal? Swiss Canal? Yeah. <laughs> Swiss. You don't know what's going on in the Swiss Canal? No. What's happening in the Swiss what? Canal? Like Super you mean random. geographically the Swiss Canal? Yeah. 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 I you thought that was happened? like a new phrase for the vagina or something. <laughs> <laughs> Swiss Actually, Canal. Is there a Swiss Canal in the vagina? What? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> a is Swiss Canal in the... A canal in a canal? Is there like an equivalent to the Swiss Canal geographically? <laughs> to yeah, some. There's there's some stuff. So Isn't the vagina like a really complex... Like, yeah, in the cervix actually. There's actually There's an equivalent canals, of a Swiss Canal. Canals that are blind and... Like they have blind ends uh-huh. that sperm can travel in and uh-huh. get stuck in. Get stuck in? Yeah. So that's a really good reference because that's what's happening in Swiss Canal now. That's what? Yeah. So that so so I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the cervix one. Yeah. Okay. So like in the cervix, there are canal I forgot what the canals are called, but there are canals that have blind ends that um canals oh, that have okay. blind ends that sperm can travel up to and get stuck in. Okay. Yeah. So she said there are canals where the blind <laughs> blind end. So the sperm Sorry, go for up. people who just listen, I say one, four, three, I was just talking to Sharon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for that, I'm not gonna cut that out. Like, <laughs> like, what the heck's Rosh? <laughs> <laughs> He's like kind of signal or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a code. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. blind end, so the sperm enters get stuck. Right. stuck at the end of the canal. Which is a Swiss canal because mm-hmm. there is a shipping ship, a massive ship called the Evergreen, big one. Is that it a college in America? Yes, it is. is but it? the ship is also oh, Evergreen. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why you know that, but never mind. It's not that. <laughs> uh, the captain lost control of the steering wheel. Right. Basically, the canal is very narrow. You know, the Swiss canal is man made, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super narrow. It's yeah, very I narrow. didn't realize that. I was quite surprised. Right. It's deep, but it's very narrow. Okay. Massive cargo ship. They lost control of the steering wheel. They couldn't control the ship. The ship basically 
moved to the side and its length now became the width of the canal. So it blocked it. It blocked it. Oh shit! Dude, they're estimating the loss to be worth up to 40 billion at this point. Because none of, no ships can pass through now. And it's such a big... When did this happen? It's because I'm off social media. I don't see anything. On Tuesday. I don't listen to anything. I don't listen to news. I just drive in silence now. I don't even turn on the radio. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's blocked the entire thing. So yeah, they're estimating it, the loss to be up to about forty billion right now, and it's still it's still not like released yet. So ships are actually considering the backlog of ships are considering going around Africa, which is a huge diversion. Where are they going to? The Suez Canal is a historic a connection line. from Europe to Asia. Yeah, correct. Because before that, you had to go through the South. Uh, you go through Africa, Cape of Good Hope. Right. You go to the very tip of Africa, which is Cape of Good Hope. Yeah. Under, under Johannesburg. And you come to India. and Then you cross Asla. And you come to Asla, yeah. yeah. But then the Suez Canal, which is north of Africa. The bypass. It's kind of like you're moving left to right. Yeah. But before you had to go left, then go south, then come back yeah. up north, yeah. and go to the Asia. Right. Now you just go... East, 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 Swiss Canal, continue east, then you're in in Asia, right? So it was a big highway since the middle 1800s. English occupied it. They lost control of it. They got into a war which they lost with Egypt to get control of it. Yeah, it was a big scandal about the Prime Minister. Yeah, the Prime Minister stopped becoming Prime Minister because of that scandal uh, because he knew they were going to lose but he went to war anyway. So now the Swiss Canal is stuck. Completely stuck. No (laughs) ships are going through it. Yeah. And it's a big deal because oil prices have already changed because of it. Yeah. Global demand and supply for many commodities have changed because of it. How many days has it been? It's been one week. That's a long time. That's how sensitive we are to these things, you know. Oil prices are surging at the moment because oil can't move. 2020, 2021. What a disaster. Yeah, I know. I mean, we have all the technology (laughs) and a damn ship getting stuck (laughs) in the water. Is stop halting the global economy. That's crazy. So anyway. Why can't they push it loose? Dude, it's a big ship. It's massive. They, they tried. They've tried like pulling tried the pulling ship. They tried pushing the they ship. Tried. Now they're cutting boats. the banks, dude. They have to they cut the banks to widen the banks it. Yeah. To widen it so that it can release. Like that's the effort that they <laughs> This is a global effort, by the way. It's not like an Egyptian problem. So they can't destroy the ship or anything like that. Like, it yeah. will be disastrous. Like, yeah. At this point, like, it, the, no, the, car, the, the cargo is not worth it? enough anymore. Yeah. Because the losses from it all is many hundred times over worth the cargo. Yeah. It's not the problem with the cargo. They just need to get the ship out of the way. I don't know if they can explode the ship or not. Like, I don't know if that's an option. Gosh. Damn. Mommy had some ideas. What was the idea? <laughs> I so you're like, yeah, they should hire you. Mm-hmm. Lah. What was the idea? Uh, she's like, oh, why don't they just take off the cargo, <laughs> lighten the ship, then push it. And like, Could work. <laughs> I mean, haven't they done that? It. All the photos show the yeah. ship with the cargo on it. Anyway, the reason why I brought it up mm. was because this company is a Japanese company. Mm. And there was this phenomenon in the 90s and early 2000s where random rubber ducks were appearing in shores around the world. <laughs> rubber ducks it's very popular I mm-hmm. that. people are like why Why are there rubber ducks emerging and it's the same rubber duck mm-hmm. emerging everywhere mm. England or India Asia just travel all across the globe the same rubber duck okay so scientists and this is amazing now oceanographers if you ever wonder what oceanographers do this is what they do mm. <laughs> they collected these data points of all these ducks that were appearing mm. they looked at prehistoric moves of currents mm-hmm. and modeled the travel of these ducks in the ocean so mm-hmm. cool. and found a convergence point mm. 
identify the convergence point, date and time, mm. and managed to identify the ship that dropped all the ducks. Mm. Seriously? It was the same bloody company. <laughs> that's now stuck in the Swiss canal. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? It's like, damn, making a lot of mishaps. <laughs> Especially for Japanese people. I know, they dropped like, like 200,000 rubber ducks in the ocean. Yeah, it must be a great accident. embarrassment. And that country is so like, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, let's not do a Japanese impression. I don't think... Uh, no. <laughs> no, but Japanese people are really interesting though. Yeah, they are. Uh, really. yeah. They are the most like... They're super polite. And they're super efficient. Yep. And like culturally, you know, it's just like they're one of the... If we ever had a machine society, there would be the machine society. Like yeah. just like a really well-oiled machine. Yeah. No kinks. <laughs> no, you look smooth. at the Second World War, like sometimes I feel like we didn't study history properly that's, enough, you know, when we look at the Japanese yeah, role. Yeah, that's revisionist history now. Mm. You know, we're trying to look back again and let's look at the German lens. Mm. Yeah. Let's look at the Japanese lens because we're not paying enough attention to yeah. that. But even if you look at the Western lens, the role of Japan is actually like in... in intense yeah like the german the japanese okay first thing is the japanese were closed off for yeah. many years then the americans basically come in and say no you have to open yeah open up yeah and then japan is like we have to open up because we don't these americans came with guns mm. these guys are still holding katanas mm. and maybe some old rifles mm. and so they suddenly realized that the what when they closed off the world had developed so much and they were left behind so they straight away started sending all the people out to all the different countries, educated the people. Mm. And in a span of, what, 20, 30 years, they, or maybe less than that, um, my dates are sucky, but they become a global power. Mm. Like mm. a real global power. Like mm. they are the, I think, only Asian colonizers. Mm. They tried to get into the table with the British mm. and uh, all these, the French. They went to war the, with China. Yeah, they then, went to war. No, first they went to war with... Um, Russia. Russia, yeah, and they actually won. Yeah, you know, for an Asian country to beat a European country. Yeah, I think the Ru Russia at the time still had the Tsar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for them to have won, it's a big, big deal, and it sent shockwaves because Westerners have that at the time, especially had that idea that Asians are like, you know, little yellow monkey, devil monkeys, or whatever. And for for J Japan to beat it was a big deal, and then China, and but they became so they became so self consumed. Because it almost feels like they were so insecure about not being able to sit in the table as equals. Mm. They became consumed by it. Mm. And then they got completely... Even Pearl Harbor, do you know how mad They would was? have been to, like, to drop a bomb on it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Like nobody would have thought... Because you have to kamikaze lah. That's the only way. Nobody would have thought that anybody would have done that. Yeah. You know? And not only... Like we know about the Japanese, how they came to Singapore and Malaysia, right? But if you think about it, it is mad, their plan. You know, they did simultaneous launch. They come here, they take bicycles, they just cycle up. It's like a mad kind. They come here with limited, you know, then they collect bicycles on the way, yeah. cycle up. It's a, who has this kind of, it's like a plan out of a novel, like a yeah. drama. Yeah. Right? And they push the British back and the British lose. Yeah. You know, it's like crazy. Yeah. But it's because they're like so, so efficient and they have this hyper-nationalism at the time especially that the, you know, um, even after the Second World War, they still had to, um, there were still Japanese soldiers in the jungles. Like I think the, the oldest one was in Indonesia, like 30, 40 years, if I'm not mistaken, after the Second World War had ended. The second, which is the second last, which is the most famous is the Philippines. They had to fly his 
general in the Second World War, a lieutenant, who's now a florist. To give him instructions. <laughs> to stand down. <laughs> now he's a florist. Gosh. I like that detail. That guy, he was... A, yeah, it must have been 20 years because he was in his 20s when, during the Second World War. Now he's in his early 40s, maybe late 40s. And he was killing Philippines, you know. He was Gosh. killing people. <laughs> he like had, continuously. He was three, four of them. Then slowly, one by one, they would die. Uh, he, so he need food, but so he would kill people, take their food, hide in the jungle. His gun is still well oiled, <laughs> and he's once his lieutenant comes in and then uh, tells him to you know by the order blah 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 stand down. Eh? He surrenders his gun, but then he becomes super famous after that. Wow, mm. that's how crazy the Japanese are. You know they they were so like freaking yeah militant, and I was also thinking about I about how like it kind of manifests in weird ways in Japanese culture. Mm. Like, for example, they have such a problem with getting young people to get married. Mm. And also, like, Japanese people have a weird, like, sexual... They have weird sexual... Yeah, there's a there's a um, show on Netflix on, about that. I think, what's her... That really famous... Mary Kondo. CNN. <laughs> different CNN or BBC reporter... The lady shot. Oh, Christian Amman Paul. Yes, she has a. Oh, really? It's her documentary oh. on on <laughs> Damn. on mm. on sex sexual cultures yeah, all yeah, over yeah, the yeah. world, I and one of that, it was yeah. Japanese and yeah. their obsession, kind of like their their sort of sexless marriages yeah. that are quite common yeah. in Japan, and 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 they also have over sexualization of like car- cartoon porn things, and like they that, also yeah. have like weird like rape. They have a real fascination with rape. Oh, I don't know about that. Like one. Yeah. yeah, brutality, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it's brutality or some sort of dominant because mm. I feel like they are maybe because their lives are so structured. Mm. So in their deepest fantasies, it's like it's like basically a Freudian mm. kind of thing, Like all of us suppress our desires to a certain extent. All mm. of us, mm. each one of us, we have desires we suppress, and that manifests in our deep subconscious, right? That's right. the what he he calls it the is it what the sh- the shadow or the shade or whatever. Mm. It's a part of yourself that you don't like or you suppress, mm. but it's a part of you. And so, but it manifests in weird ways. Mm. So, like, with Japanese people, there's just a weird, yeah, manifestation of these things. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, I completely understand why, like, Mahathir took the look east policy and all that. They just, as a society, so, so efficient. Yeah. So, well run, so well governed. Mm. And also because the West, the Western countries came here and took and benefited so much. Mm. You know, it took so much. But Japan showed Westerners that Asians could accomplish and reach so much yep. but the yeah. problem is Japan tried to become colonizers they actually were bring on the they had a perfect platform to be Asia's liberators mm. they, mm. history would have been so different they could have really built Asia and they would have been the zeitgeist that would have been really interesting yeah, yeah. but they be tried to become colonizers that's their whole debacle with China and all of that I don't understand why like who made the call to Bomb Pearl Harbor. It seemed like an awful decision to make. My sister knows all about this story. La. No, it was a, a very famous general yeah. who was very... I can't remember his name because I'm really bad with names and dates, but he was very well... well. He was known for being very creative. Right? And he proposed it, but all of them knew how crazy the idea was. Yeah. And they all knew, but he said, like, if we're going to win, this is all we... We can do. Really? Yeah, this is you all we like can that do. that was win. the downfall. No. It was so strategic because it really hindered the Americans. Because the Americans were... Um, they were not in the war though. Americans. No, but the Americans were putting sanctions on the Japanese. Mm. And you see that Japan who is now trying to be a colonizer needs oil. Mm. And America is a main exporter of oil. Mm. And so all the sanctions... You see, Japan doesn't have any resources. Mm. 
if you cut out J- Japan's resources, mm. uh, you cut out Japan's progression. Mm. And the Jap- Japanese saw it as like, these people don't want us to be a, we are taking their pie. Yeah. So they saw it as just that lah. Mm. Yeah. So they, this general proposed it. Uh, the Japanese generals all said no. And say, if you say no, I'm going to resign because honestly, there's no other thing we can do. Damn. And so then they thought about it and they realized the general is the most creative general they have and they would rather do this idea than, than lose him. Right. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. That was I know. I feel like it was an awful mistake. Lah. I mean, not that I'm unhappy with the outcome of the war. Yeah. I'm just looking from it from a Japanese perspective. Lah. Don't know. Lah. I think they made actually more of the mistakes were made in the Philippines. Mm. that was where the Pacific la, the Pacific is where they screwed up a lot la. Um, and also like again uh, because of the, that suppression they have right so they did a lot of bad things you know the rape of Nanking mm. yeah I've heard of it. you know a lot they did a lot of like war crime a lot of their war crimes and war of rape you know mm. even in Malaysia yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so like again they were so yeah. militant and so then they manifest in this weird and not to say that it's uh, almost like really strange that you go to Japan and you see so much politeness and and yeah. and softness. Yeah. And when you read the accounts of the atrocities of war, yeah, it doesn't. Like it's it just two, doesn't match. Two like, completely different. Yeah. 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 It's scary to think that yeah. once a society can just pivot like that. Yeah. yeah. Like Japan had no respect. Well, must be careful, lah. Saying yeah. all these kind of things, but it's it, there's a strong case of saying like they really didn't have. It might have been a cultural thing or so, but they didn't have respect. Like, Western countries sort of had sort of an understanding about how you treat like POWs, prisoners of war, okay. and how you deal with people like that. But the Japanese, a lot, they didn't sign the same agreements. Mm. There are cultural differences. Mm. So Japanese people were like, cutting off prisoners' heads and... The water, what's the waterboarding? Oh, I've heard of that. You pump water into the yeah, person's body and you so force them to drink until it up and yeah. then you... And there are a lot of stories of like them having prisoners who have uh, um, uh, surrendered. They would bayonet them while mm. they sleep. Mm. My gosh. Yeah, so it was like... Also because with the Philippines, they didn't realize how many people were going to surrender. Mm. So even though at the top level, they had like created, you know, put in hospitals and just too many people. They expected like 30,000 um, 30, uh, uh, prisoners of war mm. and I having like 80,000, 90,000. And mm. so they, they sort of couldn't handle it. So what they did was they kill people. Gosh. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like Nanking also was like horrible. But yeah, you know, I found out one of the one of the main Nazi like the so you know about the trials of Nuremberg trials. Yeah, so they were they were prosecuting the war criminals war criminals from Germany, yeah. and the prosecution the punishment was to kill them, of course, mm. and additionally to spread their ashes in the ocean so they never have a final resting place. Right. I found that very interesting. I'm like, I, you know, some people spread their ashes in the ocean as a s- symbol of freedom and <laughs> coming back to nature. <laughs> I just found it odd that spreading your ashes in the ocean was a punishment. Yeah. 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 But again, you look back retrospectively, it's hard, you know, like, let's say we talk about the Japanese or even the Germans. It's so easy for us to paint them as like warmongers. But again, revisionist history is more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of very talented people. They were very, you know, interesting, good Mm. people. There are so many stories of virtue and heroism Mm. and things like that. But yeah, it's it's pretty great. You know, like uh, the Germans who tried to assassinate Hitler, you know, the Mm. German generals. You know, they're kind of like, that was, I, I was remember reading about one famous general, they called him the, 
the Desert Fox. Don't know. Mm. The Desert Fox. I think he was a very famous general. Um and he basically sort of condoned or he was very, very famous. He sort of approved of the the assassination attempt on Hitler. Mm. His name was involved. Mm. Uh, but the Germans couldn't kill him or try him because he was so famous in mm. Germany. Mm. So they came to his house, spoke to him. Mm. He he spoke to his wife and his son, mm. explained what had happened. They took so they said like you can we either we kill you or you you take your own life. So he said I take my own life. Like he talk, spoke to his wife, spoke to the son. He went to one side. the The barrel, the area where he died is like a memorial. Lah. Then he took a cyanide pill and died. Lah. And his name is Erwin Rommel. Yeah. Rommel? Yeah. Wait, he approved the assassination he of He was Hitler. part of the, the group. La. He assassinated Hitler. Like they told him about the plot and he was like, yeah, we should do this. Kind of. And so why did they ask him to kill himself? Because he tried to kill Hitler. La. Oh, you mean the Nazis asked him to kill himself? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the... No, they found out about the plot mm. and then they, he died. La. Yeah. But he was a brilliant, like again, another brilliant general. Very, mm. like he is like, his, um, the mythology around him as, as a general he was very kind to his uh, uh, opponents. Mm. He sort of had that line of like, uh, we fight war, but we don't hit our enemies. Mm. That, that kind of, mm. He was that kind of person. Mm. So he's very well liked by his, uh, uh, by his subordinates. Also very li- well liked by his opponents. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So Americans, British people all like him. Mm. Interesting. Mm, our dad strongly believes that Hitler never died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He has a uh, he's been conspiracy he's been loading theory. up on the conspiracies <laughs> theories. Mm. There was a big settlement of Nazis in um, South America, yeah, Argentina specifically. Yeah, it was an exit plan. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they did set up shop, and they were seeking refuge there. And it's funny if you go there, it's actually like uh, you think it's like an alt right kind of kampong like that. Yeah, because really? they're all really still pro Hitler. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 they had yeah. they they had prepared this before they lost the war, so. Mm. So they knew they had allies in Argentina who were willing to house them. They all took on new identities and just stay low-key. So I'm sure many of them uh, died. Yeah. Many of them just lived to the old age and died. Yeah, like there were, I was watching a documentary called Neighbor Next Door or something like that. Mm. It's about how they're thinking like the guard, Ivan the Terrible, Mm. is actually this like Ukrainian guy in the oh, US. Wow. And they actually like brought him to Israel uh-huh. to be tried. And I think in the beginning, they did find him guilty of being Ivan the Terrible. Wow. But then only after that did they, they went for retrial. It was wrong. It was wrong. He was never Ivan the Terrible. Did he say he was Ivan the Terrible? It was a conspiracy. No. It's just that they they found sort of parallels between his the time when he moved to America and his name. And they killed him. What do you mean? Was he killed? No, he wasn't killed. Oh, okay. I think. Wait, I'm trying to remember the end of the mm. documentary. But it was really interesting. It's mm. called Neighbor Next Door or something like that. On Netflix. Mm. Yeah. They thought he was Ivan the Terrible, like the, that guard. Mm, mm. And then they went through all the historical accounts by the Jewish mm. who who um who did like a whole protest and uh, not protest, mm. what is it called? Um Riots. Riot, yeah. Riot and and they said they killed Ivan the Terrible, but then these Jewish, the same Jewish are also uh, testifying, saying, oh, this guy in front of me is Ivan the Terrible. So, yeah. It's real, huh? So, guys, it's real I think we should wrap up. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's been, what, two hours? Really? Yeah. Time flies, right? I had my fun oh. fact, which what is the rubber ducks. Fact? I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I don't know. 
Uh, okay, so we're ending in fun facts. Yeah, like stuff you learned over New the week. New segment in Rumah Roy. Fun facts. Fun facts in Rumah Roy. Okay, so yours the rubber duck. We all gave like fun facts. Yeah. Right? I gave so many I, fun yeah, facts as well. Say. No, specifically <laughs> something you learned this week. The rubber ducks I learned today. Hmm. Uh, you guys don't do much learning, huh? No lah. Can no. we do? I don't, I don't like this segment. Let's do something else. Let's sing a song. <laughs> Our segment is no, no, no. We have to end with. We end with. Mm, feel like don't do recommendations. Huh? Maybe thoughts. Final thoughts. Mm-hmm. What's your message? Oh no, let's do <laughs> let's do Oh no. Christian pulled out the guitar. What? Okay, if you could be uh the ruler of the world for one day, what would you do? Oh my gosh. That's a hard question. Let's end with that. Okay, no no, let's change it. Let's change it. <laughs> if you were a prophet, what would be your message to the world? A prophet? Yeah. I dreamed a dream <laughs> and time gone by. This is the kind of thing like my students in the future are going to like look. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Christian, can <laughs> you explain this? <laughs> when hope was... What's the words? High. High. And life was Life living. was living. Mm. You know what musical this is from? Les Mis. Les Mis. Les Mis. Yeah, I was going to say the Susan Boyle musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you do lah. Brenda has an awesome suit. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. <laughs> <laughs> and hope was high and life worth living. <laughs> That's, That's my impression of Susan Boyle. <laughs> That's a good impression. Uh, yeah, Prophet, for one day, what's your message? Mm. Be kind to others as copying you would like. Alan oh, oh, you're copying Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to know. Be kind to others as you would like others to be kind to you. Hmm. I would say um, listen, sit down and have um, coffee with your enemy. Because like you, the Rumah Roy podcast. We're yeah. all enemies here. Yeah, actually, though. <laughs> Aisa. <laughs> Aisa is our enemy. Yeah, because you never know how similar, you'll discover how similar you are. La. Yeah, and mine is, I think, uh, the, the, the deception you have to deal with the most is the deception that comes from yourself. Mm. I think we all deceive ourselves so much and that's the biggest deceptions that we have to unravel. Great, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's do this again soon. When you come back from US next. Maybe. (laughs) That will be like a year from now. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you managed to sit through this whole thing, thank you for listening. Well, well done. That one of you. <laughs> that one person. That one person. Johanna. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I was going like, to like, shout out to Johanna. <laughs> Abby, yeah. Oh, shout out to Aiden Matthew for giving us 250 ringgit oh, for the podcast. Now everyone wow. knows like your net worth of the podcast. <laughs> podcast is worth It was just like the bucks. first three digits of the... <laughs> 250. Thank you, Aiden Matthew, for 250,000. <laughs> <laughs> podcast got some serious backers, okay? <laughs> But yeah, shout out to Aaron Matthew. Um, yeah, so we're kind of like out of MCO. So hope everyone is sort of, well, you still have to be social distancing. Yep. I hope you're enjoying your time, you know, a little bit more freedom given to you, but be reasonable about it. Don't go too crazy. 
We hope you're staying good, staying safe, stay, staying healthy. Say bye. 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 Are you going to say bye? <laughs> you say no, no need. Bye, everybody. Good night. Hey, good night. Goodbye. Take care. Bye. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me, chang 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 chang. Do I have to say goodbye? Remember me each time. Na 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 na. Know that I'm with you the only way that I know how. Until you.